Pixels. And Merry Christmas. This will be the last show before we all celebrate Christmas. And um, I want to wish each and every single one of you a great Christmas, Christmas Eve. I hope everything starts your new year. We'll talk more as we get into next week about the great stories um, for 2023, a year ender. We'll do some of that stuff. We really appreciate you guys this year. And I hope you guys all have a fantastic, fantastic um, holiday. Where's Slay? Left you hanging? I don't care. Comes on, he comes on. Dude, you have me wrong. I didn't ask him to come on. I said, if you want it, you can. He said, I'll have to try to come on. That ain't me. I don't give a shit if he comes on or he doesn't. That's not how I do my show. I'm not, I'm not a slave to organizations. If you come on, you do. If you don't, you don't. I don't care. I don't. I have, I did this with the Buccaneers. They didn't want to put players on. I never needed them. Just like Angelo. He never needed Eagle guys. That's not how I do my shows. And, and I, I'm, I'm not going to start that off this way. I am going to start it off with this. Giants and Eagles. Um, really, I'm, I, we'll talk about the game here in a second. And, you know, I mean, I don't really know how to break this thing down. There's really not much to look at it here. And we'll, we'll look more at it here in a second. But here's, here's one issue I would say to you guys as you get ready for this Giants game on Christmas Day. I would make this I, – I, I, going into this game, I would ask you this. Would you bet your house that you're going to beat the Giants? Would you, would you bet your house? Would you bet your house you're going to win the game? Would you bet the house that you're going to win this game? Would you? Would you bet the house? Here, I'm going to make this point to you guys, and I'll say this point to you guys here. You know, Tone, I've heard you, and I've heard everyone. I've heard every radio station. I've heard every show on our network. I've read the Inquirer, and people keep saying it's talent. You know what it can't be? It can't be a lack of talent on defense. And you know what else it can't be? It can't be a lack of talent in coaching. And think you can combine that. You, you, you can't have that at the same time. You've got to come up with a scheme against your weakness in this Giants game. What's your weakness? Your pass defense. You, you've got to come up with a way to entice them for you to be able to compensate for your weakness. You just can't go out there with a scheme and think you're going to line up and beat NFL players when, quite frankly, get this, you're not good enough. When, you, when, when the Eagle people do this 
And the Eagles and their fans say this, well, we're better on offense than the Giants are on defense. Okay. Well, your defense is not as good as the Giant offense. Your football team on defense has been the worst unit in the last month and a half in the league. So anytime you look at a football team, you can't come from the premise, well, we did it four months ago. You, 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 you just can't. You're not good enough to, hey, you're not good enough to say that. So you've got to come up with a scheme that helps your weakness. You know, I, I, I give Dan Quinn a lot of credit here. And let me give Dan Quinn a lot of credit here for something here that I really admire. Dan Quinn knows his defense can't stop the run, right? So you know what he does? He entices football teams. Um, he entices football teams to go away from their weakness. Okay. That's what he does. He 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 entices people to go away from their weakness. And I find that to be genius. That's what Matt Patricia. I got to tell you something else about Matt Patricia. I like him in front of a microphone. I really do. I like him in front of a microphone. I think he does a really great job in front of a microphone. I thought he won that press conference. I thought he was sincere. I liked him. I did. I'm, I'm listening to the interview, and I was like this. Okay. I bought into what he was saying. By the way, I love the fact that he's reaching out to Darius Slay, and Darius Slay and him are working hand-in-hand hand to try to help the defensive backs. I, I believe that. Okay, I, I do. I believe that. That's a good sign. Guys, I got to tell you, man, I'm going to say it one more time to you. Let this thing play out. Hey, do me a favor, guys. I'm going to give you the greatest example of what you guys, I know I'm sounding positive here. I'm going to get to it here in a minute. And there's some other things that we're going to get to that may be not so positive. But I do want to ask you this. What was the year and what was the record of that giant team that beat that 19-0 Patriots team? What was, what was that year that they were undefeated? And weren't the Giants 9-7 that year? Weren't the Giants 9-7? Shooter, they were 9-7 and, and they beat a 19-0. I thought, LJ, I thought they were 10-6. Okay, it was 07. Okay, so they were 10 and 6. I, I, I thought they were 9 and 7 too, but most are saying 10 and 6. Okay, so a 10 and 6 football team, 9 and 7 football team, beat a 19 and 0 New England Patriots team. What does that tell you? Any given Sunday, no matter what your record is, that should always be ingrained. Just because the Cowboys and Niners blow you out a couple weeks ago, does that necessarily mean they're going to blow you out in January? Absolutely not. You know, one of the greatest things I always bring up about Muhammad Ali, and the thing I love the most about Muhammad Ali, every guy he lost to, early in his career, he went back and fought and beat. Every guy he lost to. I'm not talking about, well, all the way up till um, 
all the way up to Spinks. Every person he lost to, he went back and he beat them. That's what I'm talking about here. Okay? So hang in there till January. I know I'm sounding positive here. Okay? I mean, I'm sounding positive. You know, I was listening to Dick Vermeil this morning on WIP, and I heard him say, how many teams have lost three-game losing streaks and have come back to have really great years and win Super Bowls or have had losing streaks inside of a particular year? A ton. My question, my question doesn't come down really. Well, it does to the players on defense because you just don't have. Again, I told you, and remember what I said to you, I predicted at the beginning of this year, the reason that you will not win a Super Bowl is because of your coaching. It wasn't really because of the players. You don't have good enough coaches. Here, would you guys agree, Tone, would you guys agree, everyone, with this statement? You guys don't have good enough coaches to coach bad players. I'm going to give you an example of that. Look at what Zach Taylor's doing in Cincinnati with Jake Browning. Look at what Kevin Stefanski's doing in Cleveland with Joe Flacco and a cast of others. The guy up in uh, Kevin O'Donnell, the guy up in Minnesota, has his team still contending. How about last night, Sean McVay coaching a football team that shouldn't even be on the planet, but now they look pretty good. I don't know if they'll ever come out of the NFC. But they're playing really good football. That's a well-coached football team. I'm more worried about the offense and the dumb, explosive play obsession. It's destroying Hurts. Absolutely. Absolutely. I heard that thing, too. And I was listening to Curran with um, Sports Take. Why is their obsession? Tom Brady was never obsessed with big, big explosion plays. What are you doing? Think about that. The greatest quarterback of all time was not an explosive play quarterback. And he won six Super Bowls. Excuse me, seven. Went to 10 with non-explosive plays. What the hell, man? What is your obsession with that? That's poor coaching. You do not, once again... You do not have good enough coaching to coach bad players. You do not. And it's collided. You know, I was I was I was watching the Rams and how well coached they are last night. And I'm like, man, you imagine Sean McVay with that Philadelphia Eagle personnel? He'd be undefeated. How about this? Can you imagine Mike Tomlin with that personnel? He'd be undefeated. Let me tell you the coaches that would be undefeated with that personnel, even with the shitty defense. You think Mike Tomlin, a defensive-minded guy, wouldn't write the ship on defense in Philadelphia? You think he wouldn't write the ship? They'd be undefeated with Mike Tomlin. They'd be undefeated with Sean McVay. They'd be undefeated with Kyle Shanahan. They'd be undefeated with those type of coaches. Those are 
That guy in Cincinnati is the most underrated coach in the league today with what he's doing without Joe Burrow. Shit, Kevin Stefanski, that guy's quite a coach. Sills, what's the key ingredient to coaching bad players? Easy. That's a great question, Anthony. It's a great question. Putting those players in positions of their strength, not weakness. You know, I heard Tone ask a question. What's the mentality on first down versus third down when it came to a player's mentality, how he looks at that? And why is it so that there's a different mentality on third down? Every player has a skill set, maybe a better run stopper and not a good third down guy, maybe a better fit guy. That's why teams are lining up against the Eagles. They're not going to run the ball on you. They're going to beat you on first and third down. Second down, if they get yardage on second down, the Eagles will never get off the field. Don't you see how the Eagles are being beat defensively? They're being beat on first down and third down. That's why all year long you've been in third and short. And the Eagles have been in third and long. Why? Because they're so consumed with this obsession to have big play and explosive plays. Last year, the Eagles were tremendous on third and short. And they were great in the secondary because they got home. This year, you're losing first down and third down on both sides of the ball. And this is why you're in a rocky part of your journey towards potentially Las Vegas. Okay? Think of, think, think of what, what they're doing right now. Really, I'll tell you what. Maybe I'm being more encouraged here today because I was encouraged when I was listening to Matt Patricia today or yesterday it was. I, I liked what I heard from him. I did. I liked what I heard from Matt Patricia. I, I, I thought he was honest. You know, there was a conversation I, I thought I was reading on NBC Sports Philadelphia where him and Slay had a come-to-Jesus conversation. Both guys apologized for each other. Hey, man, the business of the NFL sucks. It's a cold business. Nobody cares sometimes. There's too many people that are involved. And sometimes things are said or things are not said or communicated that you go back and you find out, hey, guess what? It was just poor communication on the way out the door or the way in the door. It, it, it's, sometimes a conversation can really end that and you know where a person's coming from. I liked it. I thought he was honest. I'll tell you this. Matt Patricia might be the only honest guy in that coaching staff right now. Okay, I mean it. But here's the thing. So Matt Patricia, the one flaw he has, why are you putting Bradbury in man coverage? Dude, I know you're a man coverage DC, but the Eagles don't have man coverage corners. That means to me that Matt doesn't really know the personnel that he has, and he doesn't know where to put him in. I mean... That was a fundamental flaw coaching-wise. That's not knowing your personnel. That's a fundamental flaw on not understanding what you have. Okay? I mean, man, putting your – you don't have a cornerback on that roster right now because of Roseman. That kid play man coverage. You just don't. 
Okay, let's get into the game. I really, Giants come to Lincoln Financial on Sunday. I really don't know what to say here. I mean, the Giants are 24th in defense. They're 28th versus the run. They're 19th versus the pass. What are we talking about here? I mean, really, what else, what what do you want me to say? This isn't, my question is, is the organization ready for this game on Christmas Day? I'll tell you this, man. The Giants are playing with house money. They're going to do everything they possibly can to win that football game because they want to wreck the opportunity for the Eagles to win the East. They, they, they want to do everything. It's a division opponent. And they're going to do everything they can to make sure you don't get home field advantage. This is their Super Bowl. I'm going to tell you something else about the Giant guys on Christmas Day. Tommy DeVito is playing for a chance to stay on that roster for the next five years. Brian Dable and the entire front office, Shonen and them guys, are looking for ball players that are going to show up. And how would you like to have this? Some guys are going to be fighting for playoff spots this weekend. Some guys are going to be fighting for their jobs. What guys are you more scared of? Guys fighting for their jobs or guys fighting for their playoffs? To me, the guys fighting for their jobs, those are frightening guys because they'll do anything necessary to win. Patricia's voice doesn't match his looks. <laughs> what are you, a talent actor guy? Come on, maniac, who gives a shit? Right? They'll run the ball. But I'm going to make a point to you. And I, and I heard Kerr say this, and he's right. He, Swift is not a... He, he's not as powerful running back as um, Miles Sanders is. He's right. And you've locked, you've not upgraded your run game. You've upgrade, upgraded your pass game with him. He, he's having a great year. You're never going to resign him. He's going to be a big-time guy in the open market. He's going to have like 50-some-odd catches, 1,000 yards rushing probably. He's going to have a ton of people that are going to be wanting to pay him a boatload of money. Why? Because he's a cheap man's version of Christian McCaffrey. That's what he looks like. He's a cheap man's version of McCaffrey. He's just not as good as Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey is going to have 2,000 total yards over it and 22 touchdowns. You know we're in that room. I mean, you're, you're just nowhere in that conversation when you're talking about somebody like that. He is the best back in the, in the sport. And you know why he's the highest paid running back now. So again, I mean, what, what, what other things is there to say here? This is going to come, this is really going to come down to whether or not the organization is ready. 31-20, by the way, you don't have the advantage in coaching in this game. I don't, I don't believe or trust your coaches. Okay. You know, and Matt says that he's carrying flop turdy. He's going to win the most valuable player award. Hey, 
Marshall Falk carried Kurt Warner. He did. Mike March has told me numerous times, and so has Dick Vermeil. The entire offense went through Marshall Falk. When they had the greatest show on turf, it didn't go through Warner. It went through Falk. Marshall Falk was the centerpiece. Okay, he was the centerpiece of that greatest show on turf. This guy here, man, is that 49er team is spectacular. So again, you guys agree with me? I'm not sure what to say here. This is really not a game that should be close, but it will be. We know that, right? Because I started the program out by asking you one thing. What was that? Would you bet your house that you're winning? If you guys are saying that, the players are saying the same thing. The organization wobbled itself. You know, it's one thing. It's one thing to be um, beaten. It's another thing to, once you're beaten, show panic. And I, and I think the organization has shown panic and now get the guess now get what you're hearing. Now you're hearing whispers that Jalen hurts is not assertive enough as a leader. And I've been telling you that for the last month and a half. Now you're starting to hear that. I think it's unfair. You can have quiet leaders. Derek Jeter wasn't a rah-rah guy. And again, you don't have to be in front of a microphone to be a leader. Just because you're good at a microphone and you say quirky things or good things, that doesn't make you a leader. Okay? That doesn't. You can lead in different ways. Your performance. But see, here's the thing with Hurts. When Hurts' performance is not playing well, he doesn't say enough. And then he walked back the comment. It's not that I lost respect for him. I thought his point lost value. Does that make sense? I'm not I'm not there with that, with lack of leadership and all that shit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm nowhere near that. I really, I'm nowhere near that. However, if you're gonna make a point, you double down on it. You don't walk away from it. Hey, we need to be more committed. And if you guys, you know what I would have said? If I was Jalen Hurts the other day and somebody asked me to clarify, I would have said, that's not for me to clarify. Why are you asking me to clarify my comment? That's for you guys to make and assess the comment and dissect it any way you want. I don't have to clarify my comment. We need to be more committed. You know what we means? That means all of us. Why are you asking the man who made the comment to have to clarify something when it's up to you, whether you want to go with what he said at the moment, I don't have to tell you what I meant. That's up to you how you heard it. That's the problem we have here in today's society. People have to clarify their positions in life. Why? I don't have to clarify shit to you. If you want to read a comment one way and another guy reads it another way, that's not my problem. We means the team, coaches, 
See, the coaches probably got panty bunched. And they probably got their panties in a bind. Because the coaches didn't want to be put in that conversation. And they wanted to clarify that they weren't talking about the coaches. Not the players. They don't mind shitting on the players. But they don't want to shit on the coaches because they're a reflection of management. That is so lame. Okay, I don't have to justify my statement. Hey, we didn't play well. There's some people here that aren't committed. We got to practice better. What do I need to clarify that on? Who are you talking about? Dude, that's for you to figure out. Well, don't you want to clarify it? No. I would have doubled down on it. No. Starts with me. And he said that even at the, did he not say that after the game too? Did he not say that after the game? I heard the comment. I I listened to it. He first started with him, and then he said, we went, we got to be more committed. And I was like, okay, good, finally. Then they made him walk it back. And I'm like, dude, really? Why? I mean, hey, shooter goes, I'd like to see big sales in a front office environment. Hey, you know what I would do? I'd make sure I hired the people that I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I wouldn't be pretending that I knew what the hell I was talking about when it came to personnel and thinking that I had to have my foot in everything. You know, you know what a great executive is? You know what a great executive is when it comes to football? Putting people in position on shit you don't know. That's what makes you a great coach. Hiring qualified people around you and letting them do their jobs and not having your hand over them so they can only do their jobs 50% of the time. That's what Howie does. Dude, let those guys go do their jobs. Let the coaches coach. I'll give you a fundamental way, and I'll give you an example of this, Shooter. This is how Jimmy ran the organization. You know Coach Johnson never called a play ever that I've ever been around him. My four years in college with him and my two years with the, with the Cowboys. That's six years I was around him. I never heard him call an offensive play in my entire life. I never actually heard him do anything but control timeouts and two-minute warning going into the half and at the end of ball games. Other than that, I never heard him do shit. All of his assist- That's why his assistant coaches went to Dallas with him, where they would end up winning three Super Bowls. I never heard him do that. Jimmy was responsible for recruiting, personnel in the NFL, and hiring coaches. Other than that, he didn't want anybody. Nobody told Jimmy Johnson who to hire. Jimmy had a guy in Bob Ackles that was the guy who picked the phone up and made calls on what he wanted to do. He had personnel people. He liked Gil Brand a little, but Gil retired after that the former personnel guy with the Cowboys. But he was in charge of all that. And you know what they would do? They'd have their Monday morning meeting. And they would sit there and they would go like this. When something didn't work, Jimmy would get on his coaches. Why didn't that work? Do we have the right guy? Do I need to get another guy? Why Why isn't that working? He, want, he would look at it. He was hard on his assistant coaches. Do you know when he brought all of his assistant coaches to Dallas He made them the lowest paid assistant coaches in the NFL because you know what? He wanted them hungry. 
Five years later, they won three Super Bowls. And they were all the highest paid position coaches in the league. And they would all go on to be NFL head coaches. All the coordinators. Turner, Butch Davis, Dave Wanstad, and Dave Campo. All of them would go on to become head football coaches. Not that they were great, but that's what he did. Okay? I mean, it's... it's when, when you got people involved in everyone's job, you're getting in the way. If that game is, how about this? This is what I'll be looking for on Monday. Okay? This is what I'll be, this is what I'll be looking for on Monday. If that game's close, they got problems still. If they handily beat the shit, can I tell you this? I, I made it. What was the score? I said 31-20. Personally, I think that's a 30-7 to game. How can you beat the Dolphins and the Cowboys and the Chiefs and the Bills and the Rams and all those teams and look like shit now? What's happened? What's happened? Let's do this. Ask yourself that question. What's happened? What's, what's happened? 11 and four? You'd be the worst 11 and four team in the league. You, you're playing more like a seven and six team. What's happened? What has happened to the Eagles? Ask yourself predictable offense that's coaching what's happened the poor coaching has caught up not the players coaching is too predictable look at look at lj they're tired so is everyone in the league everyone's tired man the fuck up Man the fuck up. Tired. The hell you think this is? Baseball? Man up. I'll tell you one thing. That team ain't as deep as you thought it was. Look at your edge rushers. They're falling to pieces. Dude, you're going to really give somebody. Hey, let me ask you something here, my friends. A lot of people in here. Obviously, the majority of the people in here are from Philly. Are you tired when you get up every Friday and you got to put your ass in a car to go to work and you got to put your snowshoes on and you got to go out there and you got to scrape your window and you got to go to work and you got to go on top of a roof and you've got to tar that roof or you've got to go up and you've got to shingle a house or you got to put gutters on a roof? Aren't you tired too? The fuck is that? What are you talking about? You got to shovel your driveway just to get out of work? Just to get to work, you got to shovel your driveway? You got to put 70 layers of clothes on to show up to work? Are you tired? Aren't you? Aren't you tired? 
You do it, though, don't you? Because that's who you are. We live in such a soft-ass mentality society that people will throw an excuse like that out. You know what used to be back in the day? Commitment. Loyalty. Responsibility. Now it's entitlement and what's owed to me. Those fundamental mentalities resist and reside today in the NFL. You got to have commitment. You've got to have desire. You've got to have respect. That Hey, get this. Can I tell you one of the things that I love the most about going and playing in the NFL? I'm going to show you something, man. I put this helmet like this under my arm. My first game against the Chicago Bears when I went into the supplemental draft. By the way, Reggie White's a supplemental draft guy. I put this here like this. And I think my aunt was there. And I looked up those from McDill Air Force Base, those fighters flew over. I started crying going, what am I doing here? 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 Thank you, God. What a privilege it is to play in the league. It's a privilege. Commitment. Okay. LJ, probably so. But it depends what happens this week with the Ravens and the Niners. It, I, I think the Ravens and the Niner game is going to dictate what the Eagles do. Am I right when I say this? Help me out, guys. If the 49ers beat the Ravens, and the Eagles beat the Giants. Even the home field advantage is then over, right? Now, how about this? No, because they'll have one more loss. But see, wait a minute now, LJ. If the 49ers lose to the Ravens, they're then 10-5. and five, Okay? You'll be one game up on them for a potentially home field advantage you would have to play that giant game. Because if you are even, am I right, Tone? If you're even at the end of the year, the tiebreaker would go to San Francisco with the same record because of head-to-head. They beat you. So if they finish the season 12-5 and with you 12-5, and you'd win your division but you wouldn't win home field because the tiebreaker would be that they beat you head to head. Isn't that correct? Because the first tiebreaker is head to head. Okay, so I, I think you're going to have to play that final 
depend now. I think you're going to have to play um, the final three games. I don't think you're going to be able to have a layup. Okay, I don't think I don't I don't think you're going to be able to re- now. The Niners would have to lose two. Okay, and here you still got the Cowboys, and believe it or not, you still got the Lions hanging around. You still got the Lions out there too. So I think you're going to have to play all three. The conference-leading 49ers have the chance to clinch the number one seed in home field advantage in their marquee matchup against the Ravens on Monday night. But they will need help. A win-plus losses by the Lions, Eagles, Cowboys would do the trick for them. The Cowboys could lose to the Dolphins, and the Ravens could clearly lose to the Niners. Hey, by the way, just that Ravens game. Um, that that Ravens game. Am I right? Tone that Ravens game. It's in Santa Clara, right? That Ravens game is in Santa Clara. Okay, it's an advantage. You guys got every. Get this. You guys get everything in front of you. Okay. Get this. That's hey, you know what's funny, Henry? Those are my Super Bowl predictions. Cowboys and Bills. All right. This might be a topic. That's some record for Lamar. This might be a topic you may not like. By the way, our friend Tone's going to join us at 3:30, Philly 500. At 4.30, and the greatness of Philly Godfather to send you into your holiday weekend will join us at 5.30. If the Philadelphia Eagles don't make it to the NFC title game, do you move on from Nick Sirianni in the offseason? Wow. 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 Doesn't matter. Anthony, every coach you fired had a winning record. See, Anthony's under some sort of guise that the Eagles don't fire coaches with winning records. Um, overall, every coach that Jeffrey Lurie has had since 2000 had an overall winning record in Philly. They're not adverse to not firing guys with winning records. You're under some sort of illusion that those guys would only fire guys with poor records. Not one of those coaches had poor records. That's That's... That's not true. <clears throat> if he leaves another coach, is going to be a yes man. We have a cheerleader for a head coach. You do. If Tomlin is available, we get him. I'll talk about what the new rumor is about Mike Tomlin. 
You all think Dallas will lose to Miami? Dolphins-Miami is not a physical team. Buffalo is 75 to 80 degrees. Sunday, gorgeous. Tyreek is doubtful. Okay? Um, the only way Nick gets fired is if he puts together a losing season. Okay? Bring Frank in as OC. You guys, so you, here, this is what I'm taking out of it. Some of you think it's possible. Here's what I think. I thought it was going to be two years. Let's, 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 let's addend this. Let's put an addendment on this. What if he gets bounced in the opening round of the wild card? And Jalen looks terrible. And he'll, hey, for LJ's sake, he'll be a losing record in the postseason of two and three. Would you give him another year? Can you imagine that? Nick Sirianni. Should have been fired after two and five. Nick Sirianni's always been two and five coach. Isn't it funny? How come these other coaches that I pointed out, like Zach Taylor and Kevin Stefanski, they lose their quarterback or they lose someone? They're fabulous coaches. Nick Sirianni loses Shane Steichen. He's horrible. Doesn't that tell you something? Uh, I mean, that can't be a coincidence. Kevin O'Donnell up in Minnesota loses his starting quarterback, plays like three different guys. They're still playoff contending teams. Cleveland, Cincinnati, McVay's coaching job. Those guys don't fall apart. They they don't they don't do things to put their players in poor positions to win. Dude, I'll tell you what, and I, hey, MG2, I didn't know shit about Zach Taylor. I never I didn't know who I thought he was a former president of the United States from Virginia. I had no idea who this guy was. Dude, even Pete, right? Drew Locke beats the Eagles. You're kidding me. So you've lost this year to Drew Locke and Zach Wilson. I don't know. I mean, it's one thing to get beat, but you got beat by those guys? Hey, you, you know you know what's crazy about the Eagles? So you beat Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Dak and Tua, and you lose to Zach Wilson, and you lose to Drew Locke. I don't know, man. That's a bit of a swing for me. LJ thinks that Zach Taylor isn't a good coach, and he took a team to the Super Bowl, too, just like your boy did. And he's doing it with three different quarterbacks. Your record doesn't dictate how good you are. Ask Dick Vermeil. Dick Vermeil's a 500 coach. He doesn't have the win percentage that your boy Sirianni has. He got in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Parcells, do you know Parcells has a worse win percentage than Tom Coughlin? He's in the Hall of Fame. 
Bill Parcells is a 500 coach. He's in the Hall of Fame. Okay, get this. LJ thinks that a record makes the coach. It's the championships that make the coach. Because if, if that was the case, Marty Schottenheimer would be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's sixth all time, 206. He's got more wins than Chuck Noll. According to LJ, he's a better coach than Chuck Noll because he's got more wins. And he's got a better win, and, he, and, he's, and he's, he's got a better win percentage than Chuck Noll. Is that facts? According to LJ, Marty Schottenheimer's a better coach than Chuck Noll. You think a 4-14 and 14 coach in the postseason should be in the Hall of Fame? I don't. You're defined by championships, guy. Not one-loss records. Okay? Nobody, uh, I think, um, Seth, I think the only guy that got a million dollars, there were two of them during my time. I think it was, no, Reggie didn't get it because that's why he left Philly. I think it was LT because the New Jersey Generals were going to give him a million bucks. And I think that he, um, the Giants gave him a million dollars, if I'm not mistaken. Marty Schottenheimer's a great coach. Okay. Anyway, I, I don't care. Okay. Sirianni, hey, this is a huge moment for Sirianni Monday. And it's against an inferior team. This team's worse than Seattle. Is it? Are the Giants worse than Seattle? What are they, five and nine? Are they five and nine? This is a worse team than Seattle. I'll tell you this. If Nick Sirianni loses that game on Christmas Day or you're kicking a game-winning field goal, that entire locker room will be lost. Now, do I expect that? No. Because why? You don't have Carson Wentz as your quarterback. But... Jalen Hurts has to be more of a leader on Christmas Day. And I'm going to start hammering that more. You guys keep telling me he's this great leader. I want him to be angry leader. Okay? I want him to do it the right way. Be like Mahomes. Always start with him. He always starts with him. He defends his receivers. Oh, by the way, there's no doubt Eric Bieniemy is a thing in Kansas City. It's a thing. You know why? Why do you think Eric Bieniemy? You could see that there's a difference in Kansas City's approach. You know why? Because Eric Bieniemy is an asshole. And you know what assholes do? They coach you hard. Remember what they were saying about Eric Bieniemy in Washington? This dude just doesn't get off the gas pedal. Holy cow, man. This guy is in your face. 
He's got horrible bedside manner. That's why he's not a head coach. You know why? He doesn't pass the interview well. Well, he's my guy. I don't want you to be able to answer questions like Matt Patricia and Nick Sirianni because those are bullshit artists. I actually should take that back because I like Matt. I like Matt as a defensive coach. As a head coach, I don't believe it. What happened to the RPO? They want explosion plays. RPO is not explosion. How could Jalen Hurts early in the year be one of the better pocket passers and all of a sudden now they are so transfixed on plus 25 plays when that's not who that guy has ever been in his entire football career, whether it was high school, college, and in the pros, plus 25. What in they, What are they thinking? Okay. What are you thinking? This is a big moment for Nick. I think this is a gigantic moment for him. Huge moment. You got a football team that's not in your league. Okay? And you're playing a quarterback at Danny DeVito or Tommy DeVito. And I actually can't wait to watch the kid. I want to see what he's got. I haven't seen him play because I don't sit around too much waiting and watching guys who I think are having 15 minutes of fame. Okay? I think it's a kind of a cute story. I don't really think it's anything. I think he won't remember his name in five years. It'll be like that guy. Remember Magic Man up in Green Bay? It'll be some shit like that. Remember Don Mikowski? When he was up in uh, Green Bay, there was like... 10 seconds of fame. He was really great. All of a sudden, he fell off the planet. Nobody ever saw who he was again. Okay, so. I mean. I, I do believe that Patricia. I do believe that Patricia. Is a believable guy. But my problem is again with his scheme. Okay, you put Bradbury in man coverage. Why? M says, Dan, how true winning cures all ills. Losing, on the other hand, brings all defects to surface. Should be on a chalkboard, what you just said. That's what's happened. And you know what? That's why guys like Tone, the guys on IP, the guys on the Fanatic are so... Shocked in a way that when you see it, all of a sudden you're like, holy cow. And when you're 10 and one, and I get it, it's not a wrong take. But as a former player, I'm like, this is not what it is. It was an illusion. It's going to catch you. And then when the good team started pounding you, you were like, holy cow. Holy cow. There it is. And get this. This is as much as a cliff dive as the way Jalen's playing. You've got poor coaching right now and coaching bad players on the defensive side of the football. This mess needs to come to surface to be fixed. 
what's too late now. You can't fix that. You can't fix what's happened. What, 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 what you think? What do you, how can you, Hey, you know what I hear people doing now? Now there's a lot of wishful thinking conversation going on. I think the offense is going to turn around. Why would you think that? Where are you going to, yeah, the offense is going to turn around with the giants twice and the Cardinals. And then you're going to be back in that rouge of a conversation. Well, we're good because you're going to look at the record again and go, Hey, and I, and I don't blame you. And I, I don't blame you. You're going to be 27 and seven in two years, but you're not good enough to win the Super Bowl. Don't you get where you are in your organization right now? You're good enough to win a lot of ball games, but you're not good enough to win the game. Is it that fact? 13 wins is 13 wins. Tell that to the Giants when they were 10 and 6 and they beat a 19 and 0 Patriots team. You think that mattered to them, Richard? That the Patriots were going for historic undefeated 20 and 0 season? Did it matter to the Giants? And they had beaten the Giants in the final game of the season that year in the Meadowlands. They came back and they beat them. Do you think it mattered to a 10? That's the beautiful thing about the NFL. See, a guy like Richard looks at the record and thinks that you're a better team than someone else on any given Sunday in the NFL. Okay? Let me tell you about this Rams team I saw last night. The Rams aren't good enough to beat the Niners and Cowboys in consecutive weeks. But you know what they are good enough to beat? They are good enough to beat one of those teams on one Sunday. Because we see it play out all the time. I watched the Drew Lock Seahawks team beat you on a Monday night. And you had them in every single category on that game and in that game. You handed the game to them. Did you not? Outrushed them, first downs, third down conversions, everything. You had them in everything. Time of possession. You lost. And you had a better record. You were 10 and 3. What were they? 6 and 7? How does 6 and 7 beat 10 and 3? Because it's the league. And it's the NFL. See, the Rams, they're not gonna, they can't do this in a wild card. They could beat the Cowboys. But they don't have enough talent on that roster to turn around and beat the Eagles in the next divisional game or the Niners. They're not good enough to string those games together. Now, the coaching's sensational. Personally, I think it's the best coach team in the NFL. I don't even know what they have outside of Aaron Donald. Hey, that Puka Nakua kid is unfreaking believable. Cooper Cup's not Cooper Cup yet. He will be next year. They get a couple more pieces. Sean McVay has to be rejuvenized. You get a couple more pieces next year in free agency. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's playing like Matthew Stafford, even though his completion percentage has been down. Like in 14 games. What's the numbers? In 14 games this year? Dude, this guy is playing some really great football, man. He's killing it. Rams look good. Now, again, 
Do I think they come out of the NFC? Are they in the room with San Francisco and Philly? No. But are they in the room with the Rams and the Cowboys? Or the, the Cowboys and the Lions? Probably. They're better coached. Okay? And so, hey, Richard goes, the Rams have been beat by shit teams. So have you. It happens. Dude, you're trying to put the talent of the Rams on what the Eagles have? I thought you had the best O-line in football. They don't. Rams will play Niners in week two. I think they beat them. Um, Kyle Shanahan has their number outside of one playoff game. Um, I think the Rams could beat the Eagles. Having played them again, they got way better coaching. It's the best coach team in the league. By far. They don't really have anything on. Raheem Morris deserves, hey, I've posted a picture of my friend Raheem, and I really like him a lot. Raheem Morris has, he should be given an opportunity. He's got a Super Bowl ring, okay, as a defensive coordinator. But because he's black, black coaches don't get a second opportunity traditionally to get an opportunity like the white coaches do, like Matt Nagy and all these other losers. Dennis Allen. How does Dennis Allen get a job over Eric Bieniemy or Raheem Morris? Honestly, think about that. How's Dennis Allen the head coach of that Saints team? How did he get that job? How, do, how did he get that job? Because oh, you're a white guy? Probably. I mean, where's, where's Coach Caldwell? You think Brian Flores is going to get a head coaching job again? Shit. He's a quality coach. He turned that Dolphin thing around, man. Black coaches don't get second opportunities, usually. The Bucs did it for Todd Bowles. Look what, look what Todd Bowles has done to the Bucs. That thing was a train wreck, mass unit. All of a sudden, what? Now they're leading the South. Okay. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day here, how's Raheem Morris not a candidate to become a head football coach again? He, hey, and I've told you the story. Tony, I don't know if you ever heard this, but when I was covering the Buccaneers in Tampa, when I was on WDAE, I, oh, by the way, I like how most of you think that I've been fired a hundred billion times. I haven't. I've been fired three times in 29 years. And I was there 16 years at WDAE. 16 years. Worked for iHeart, Clear Channel, whatever. Jacob, J-Core Media. And I, and I was sitting at the Super Bowl when the Super Bowl was in Tampa. When Raheem got the job after John Gruden, I put a piece of paper up like this and I go, Raheem, you know what this is? And he looked at me and he goes, what? And I went like this. I said, that's your resume. What makes you qualified to be the head football coach of the Bucks?" And he looked at me and he goes, I said, before you answer that, when you were walking into the Glazers and you were walking into the general manager's room, did you think you were getting fired? He goes, I did. And then they told you you were the head coach. They offered you the job, right? He goes, yes. He goes, do you believe me? I said, I'm, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. 
Now, he was not ready for the job. He was too young. He was too young. But he was in the uh, Tony Dungy tree of life um, when it came to coming up through the ranks. Mike Tomlin knew him very well. And now I think he's ready to be a head coach again. Okay? Okay? I, I, I think he does. I do. And I saw somebody here. Where'd he go, Bobby? Denny Green got Denny Green. Denny Green got fired because he didn't like the organizations that were talking shit to him, like Minnesota and Arizona. Denny Green's a great coach. Look at the coaches that were off his coaching tree. And Ray Rhodes, you're talking about coaches 25 years ago. You know, you know, Jim Caldwell got fired for a winning record. You know, Lovey Smith got fired for a winning record. You know, you know, Brian Flores got fired for a winning record. What coaches get fired for having winning records? All right. The things they have to do to beat the Giants on Christmas Day will do that. Happy holidays to you guys. Our good friends at Hooters, man. It is Santa bonus bucks, $5 stocking stuffers. Do me a favor. Make sure when you go into any one of the Northeast Hooters from Rhode Island all the way down to Jersey, all the way through King of Prussia. By the way, we're going to be there on the 6th of January. So we look forward to you. Okay, absolutely. And the calendars are out. The 2024 calendars, there's $100 in gift cards inside the calendars. Nine girls are featured. Hooters2go.com is the great app. You can get the app and you can order the food, bring it to your house. If you want to do it on a um, Sunday watching football on Christmas Eve, great chance to do that. Also, too, great specials, lunch specials, Monday through Friday, 11.33 p.m., boneless wings. Also, happy hours, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m., six items, six bucks. Don't forget, kids eat for free on Saturdays, northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. We will talk Giants and Eagles. Also, a lot of NFL news. Some important games this weekend. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored.
any professional sports coach will tell you, there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. trying to defend the fact that you think black coaches get same opportunities as white coaches. You're embarrassing yourself. You should stop. You, you should stop. You look like racist. You should stop. It's insulting to think that. I mean, honestly, I know it's the holidays, but you should stop. You're embarrassing yourselves. <laughs> Good night. You see the guys that that defend that? Okay. American Cowboy goes, give your job to a black guy. I don't know what that means. We don't have enough African American. I don't I don't make decisions in hiring guy. I'm not a, I'm not a boss. Do we need more African Americans in broadcasting? Why don't you tell that to Fox? Why don't you tell that to WIP? You ever had one guy as the marquee head guy black or a woman at WIP with his name on it as the number one guy like Angelo? That'd be no. Don't talk to me about that. Look at the industry. How many lead play-by-play guys are black in the NFL that work for the networks? Can you name one? Don't talk to me about that. Stephen A. Smith's a play-by-play guy? Curious. Really? You look you look dumb. Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Merry Christmas to all you guys. Okay? Yeah, okay, Tyrone. Tyrone on the afternoons at, at uh, the Fanatic. That's right. He's the lead guy. He's number one chair. 
Congratulations. In 100 years of Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio, you got one. Congratulations to you. Merry Christmas. All right. Game on Monday. What do – hey, and please, don't make it as simple. Boston has had one black radio guy in 30 years. As a lead guy? Who? In sports talk? Who was that? Who who was that? At EEI? I worked at EEI. Who who was that? Mike Quick is not a play-by-play guy. This is dumb conversation. I'm not, I'm not, you know, you guys, anybody, anybody talking about it the way you guys are, you're embarrassing yourselves. All right. Take away on Monday, the run. What do the Philadelphia Eagles number one priority when it comes, that's right, Mike. Way to go, shooter. You're right. Mike was Mike was one. What was and is the number one player you have to establish on Monday against the Giants? Seals, who do you think the Eagles should target if they replace Sirianni? DB. It'll be somebody you've never heard of. Okay. Swift, Goddard, Goddard. Tight end. How is it possible that the people in here know more about who who and what to establish And the Eagle guys don't. Why are they so apprehensive? Now, to be fair to Goddard, look, the Giants don't have anybody to cover Goddard. But don't they get it? You know, I said something yesterday to you guys that I, for me, why are they asking Jalen Hurts to make the more difficult throws when there are easier throws for him and Tom Brady made a complete career out of that, why wouldn't you? It has to be. Do you agree with this? That it's important to the owner to aesthetically look like a passing offense. Is that what this is about? Is this more about aesthetics? Is this more about how it looks? Why is that so important to the owner? It, you know, it. I'm starting to think that that is the reason. Hundred percent drills, sills. I mean, so you bought a quarterback who's not a deep passer. 
And get this, but he was successful with the deep passing. Why? Because people feared the RPO. You know why they don't fear Jalen Hurts as a deep ball passer now with plus 25 players? Because they don't fear the RPO any longer. They caught up to it. Jalen Hurts a year ago, dude. Those things were, hey, were the lanes more wide open last year? Were the lanes more wide open last year? The passing lanes, especially deep. Were they were they not more wide open? Right? They were more wide open last year. Am I right? Well, this year the RPO has affected not having it in has affected the deep game. And teams know you're not, and you refuse to go to Swift and Goddard underneath because the owner doesn't want you to. I, I can't believe what I'm hearing. I can't believe what we're dissecting here. This is all about aesthetics. No one, get this. Thank you, Brian. This is this is all about aesthetics. The owner wants it to look like Kansas City and Andy Reid and that offense. Well, shit, dude, if you wanted it to look like Andy Reid and you wanted it to look like that, you should have kept Andy Reid in the house. Man, you, you gave Jalen Hurts all that money. And then... You changed everything that you got, gave him that money for around. You're not doing this. When Nick Sirianni, he's lying again. Here's another. Hey, am I right when I say this? He's lying again. You're not doing the same shit you did a year ago. You took the RPOs out and you're telling the quarterback to get down quicker. You haven't evolved yourself at all. We've been talking about that all week long. And... Washington was the first team to start exposing you. And then everyone else did. And once the Dallas Cowboys got a hold of you and the 49ers got a hold of you, and then Seattle saw it. By the way, you think there's any coincidence that one of the best defensive-minded guys, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's a defensive-minded guy. He's the guy that put the Legion of Boom together with Dan Quinn and Gus Bradley. Those guys put that all. Pete's not. Pete wants to run the ball and knock you out. That's his style of play. Remember, he liked Russell Wilson, but he liked Marshawn Lynch more. <laughs> okay? <clears throat> he liked Marshawn Lynch more. I wonder if that – hey, get this. I wonder if that play in the Super Bowl where they had Russell Wilson throw that interception to Butler – I wonder if that came from the analytics guys upstairs. You're one yard out from winning your second Super Bowl in a row and beating the Patriots. Instead, you throw the ball into one. Why? When you had one of the best red zone runners in pro football at the time. Why would you do that? And you know better. Isn't it funny and ironic about Carroll? There's two games. Tony, I think you remember this other one. There's two games that Pete Carroll has had colossal disasters on. 
The fourth down against Texas in the national title game and the goal line play against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. He lost the national championship because he went for it on fourth down against Texas. And they gave the ball back to Vince Young, and Vince was so insane. It's great, probably the greatest college football game I've ever seen a guy play in a national championship setting. Probably the greatest college football performance I've ever seen by a player. I've never seen a player do anything like that. 250 yards plus rushing, 280 in the air passing. It was insane. He gave the ball back to a guy who was unstoppable in that ball game. With a short field, that's right. Pete Carroll lost a national title on bullshit calls by him. At least he, I'll tell you one thing about Carroll. At least he rolled the dice. Don't, I don't know if those were analytic plays or not. I don't know. Okay. Right? Insane. You got to get Goddard going. Goddard opens up everything. God forbid, you got to answer. So you have a tight end on your football team, <clears throat> and I get it's hard to rely on him because he's never healthy. But you got to rely, <coughs> you have to answer. You have to have conversations with your analytics department on why you tried establishing Goddard. And it's important for you to make the tough throw to AJ and not the easy throw to Goddard or Swift. You're not helping your guy. You're not helping your guy. <clears throat> if you ask Jalen Hurts in this game on Monday, and if you put this, hey, if you listen to Nick and you put the same game plan that you put in against Seattle, that game will be interesting in the fourth quarter. How about this? Do you think that game's a fourth quarter football game on Monday? I'm seriously convinced we don't win another game. I, that I don't believe. <clears throat> By the way, is Dickerson playing or is he out? Is Dickerson out? Is he playing on Christmas? So that means your entire offensive line doesn't have last year's guards in there. He's out? Okay, well, that helps the Giants. So your right guard and your left guard are out. The interior of your pass defense pass offense and you're not very good at pass protecting the quarterback I'll tell you flat out what I'm doing okay I'm I'm, I'm internally blitzing Jalen Hurts because I don't have the personnel to hang with what you guys have on the numbers I'm going to blitz this guy as many times as I can I'm coming after him wow what an advantage for the Giants if they do it right and I would move Tavon Kid uh, Thibodeau 
I would move him around like Michael Parsons. And I would put him over the guards. And I would do twist and T-stunts over those guys. Kelsey's going to have to be on his A game because there's going to be some disguises in there. That's how I would come after Hurts, internal pressure. He's been sacked 33 times this year. So you don't have Landon Dickerson in there. He's out. <clears throat> so Dickerson, you're going to have Opeta in there and Jurgens. Okay? I feel pretty comfortable from the Giants um, internally inside there trying to do some things. At least it's even. That you, you, you don't have the advantage. It's probably a push. You have the advantage clearly at center. Okay, and that's a that's a that's a positive because he's a he'll recognize what they're doing out even. And if they go into a 34-43 or they're gonna shade or they're gonna go bare front, they may go wide nine. But see, he can't see that wide nine and seven out there because he's internal. So maybe you go bigger splits if 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 you're if you're the Eagles, you probably go tighter splits to protect the quarterback on pass routes. But that tips it off to the secondary guys. You see, you're kind of in a dilemma here now that your guards are out. Because if you're the defense, what you're seeing right away, you'll come to the sideline. This is what you'll do. You'll come to the sidelines. Okay? You'll come to the That's a big deal if Lawrence is out. Um, That's a big deal. You'll come to the sidelines and you'll go tight splits. They're worried about the internal pressure. So then what you'll do is you'll bring safety blitzes off the perimeter, knowing full well that your backs aren't very good pass protectors. Your, your backs hurt you when it comes to protecting the quarterback. You got to keep Jalen Hurts pinned. That's what the Niners said. You got to keep him in the box. Don't let him get out in the open. Keep him in the box and you can get to him. They've given up more sacks than I thought they would be given up. Okay. Um, yeah. So they'll come to the sidelines and they'll look at the splitses. And they'll look at the splits. And it'll tell us a lot. You got to compensate for that going into this game. Okay. October 27th was the last time the Giants won in Philly. Wow. I know Dimes uh, – I thought 21 was the last time they'd beaten them, period. Is that right? Wasn't that the last time they beat them? Was 21 in the Meadowlands? I think you're right, LJ. But um, I, I think 21, they beat them there. Right? Did, didn't the Giants win in 21? But if but see, if I here, if I were the Eagles in my passing game, if I were the Eagles, I, I try to get quick passes out. How come we don't do any of that? You know, we don't we don't do any of that. Quick passes. Yeah, but not in Philly. You're right. I got it. I'd like to get some quick passes going. Loosen them up. The Giants aren't good. They're 19th in pass defense. You got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Use them. But use them in the second half. This is how I would, 
do, can, do you guys understand? You want to get Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown 125 yards plus in receiving yards in this game? Go in the first half to Swift and Goddard. If you go in the first half, you're going to loosen them up. They're not going to be able to cover those guys. Use them as deep. Use them as decoys. Dude, A.J. Brown is one of the top three wide receivers in the league this year. When you're struggling, you've got to do things as a unit, not individually. This is starting to look a little more individual on offense. Everyone's having career years, but you're losing. You're playing tight games. You're at the exp- – get this. You were more dominant as a team a year ago, and yet people are having better years this year. How's that possible? Everyone's having a better year, but yet you don't look like you did last year because of turnovers. And you know what those turnovers are a result of? I, I don't blame Jalen Hurt. Get this. The fumbles I do. The fumbles I blame him on, but the turnovers and interceptions, I blame what they're telling him to do. And the prime example was that pass, and I and I bring it up to tone all the time. That pass that you went with double coverage to AJ to the sidelines, I think it maybe was the one he got pushed, and he had Devontae underneath wide open. And he could have just tossed it to him. Hey, get this. Devontae Smith, an open space on a five-yard pass. Are you good with that? Look at what Minnes, look at what the Miami Dolphins do with Tyree Kill. Five-yard pass, you think that guy could take it to the house? Would we not agree that the Philadelphia Eagles don't utilize Devontae Smith enough? And his true athleticism. Devontae Smith in open space is scary. Hey, if you had thrown that ball to him, do you think there's a shot he could have taken that to the house? Let's bring my friend Tone in. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Likewise. Happy holidays, sir. You bet. You think the Eagles utilize Devontae Smith enough? Um, I don't think it's the quantity. I think it's the quality of his reps. Um, I don't think I don't think they're creative enough with him, right? I think when I look at his numbers, I mean, obviously AJ Brown's having a monster year as far as targets, receptions, yards, so on and so forth. But um, as far as his opportunities, I'm not mad at his opportunities. Would I mind giving it to him more? I wouldn't mind. But they already struggled getting the, getting the ball to Goddard. So I feel like, if anything, cut down on AJ's opportunities, allocate reallocate those to Goddard, and then we'll have a more balanced offensive attack. But to your immediate question, um, I think it's more so about the quality of the rep rather than the quantity. I don't think they're creative, uh, creative enough with him. Get him. Devontae Smith is more – would you not agree Devontae Smith versus AJ in open space is more frightening? I don't know. I don't know because I, I I'm looking he's at AJ. faster. 
probably probably stride for stride. He's faster for sure. But it's but how much faster for one? And then for two, that physicality that AJ has in the open space and how he moves. I don't know. In the open space, I'll take my chances with I'll take my chances with the bigger body. With the bigger well, why body. Why wouldn't you do that with both? No, I, I understand. I understand where you're going though. The fact of the matter is they're not cre- creative enough with the weapons, right? You can make an argument Tennessee was more creative with AJ. They was more creative. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but nonetheless, uh, I, I, you know, you said something earlier, right? You know, when it comes to this offense, okay, they have a good game, but what does it really mean? You know, what does it really mean you're playing the Giants? How can we really how can we really judge you? How can we really gauge if your offense is really fixed or if you if you if you healed your issues? Um, I said this to you yesterday. The, the only thing I'm really looking forward to is for them to establish some level of rhythm. Can you get a rhythm going on offense? Can you get Jalen confident again in what he's doing? Can you can you restore that, right? Um, but I'm not gauging on how great you are, how far you can go in the playoffs based on if you beat the Giants twice and the Cardinals. That's not going to be enough for me. Maybe what we're both saying is approach. Exactly. I, I, I want to see your approach on Monday, how you're getting guys open. Agreed. Because – that is going to carry over on what you're looking at with the guys you have in your huddle on what you're going to do in the postseason. You know what? If I were them, I would take these next three games almost as a preseason mm. to start doing some things in the, these are teams, dude, the giants are not in the room with you. They're so bad. They're bad everywhere. But the Eagles are going to find board. a way. They're going to find a way to make the game competitive. That's scary. That's where I'm at with it. They haven't proved because it. a better coach. Do you, do you agree with the comment I made earlier, Tone? That the Eagle coaches aren't good enough to coach bad players that are on the team. Ooh, that's interesting. Because you know you see a, you you see coaches like a um, Zach Taylor, Kevin Stefanski, yeah. Kevin O'Donnell, uh, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, let's stay there. That that Vikings team is not that good. But him and Brian Flores are finding a way to coach those guys up, right? Right now in Philadelphia, I don't see where they're coaching guys up. You lose Kate Sack. Get this tone. Sirianni lose Steichen, and they lose balance. Those other guys lose their starting quarterback, and you said something perfect. They're coaching their unit up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They're probably doing more coaching now. Than they had to when Cousins was under center, right. or and, when Burrow was under center. Yeah, and look, and look, that that's the luxury of having, you know, g- you know, really good quarterbacks like a Kirk Cousins, having a great quarterback like uh, a Joe Burrow, and you got Jamar Chase. You know, the, the luxury you have is that they can elevate what you what you're calling. They make it look that much better. They kind of hide, you know, they hide the blemishes in your play calling, or they hide the blemishes in your scheme, so on and so forth. That's what talent does, right? Um, but in Philadelphia. What I'm seeing here is I'm seeing talent trying to elevate coaches instead of coaches trying to elevate players. I don't think they do a good enough job putting these guys in danger in, in optimal positions where they can be dangerous to the defense. I don't think they're creative enough with these guys. I, you know what's so crazy to me? And a lot of people may think I'm crazy when I say this. I think the most dangerous person on the field is not A.J. Brown, is not Devontae Smith. I think the most dangerous player on the field for the Philadelphia Eagles is Dallas Goddard. Because to me, in my humble opinion, whenever he's getting it, whenever he's eating, that offense is indefensible. 
You 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 have no idea where the ball's going to go. They're way more balanced. They're way more physical. I believe Dallas Goddard is the real engine of the Philadelphia Eagles offense. When Goddard is eating, when he's getting physical, it's it sends a spark through the whole stadium. Sends a whole spark through the whole team. He, their offense just looks better when they're when they're actually getting him involved in the offense. Every time Goddard touches the ball, I feel like he's taking it 20, 30 yards every time. How about you know, this, Tom? They're not creative enough. How about this? There's a reason that in the NFL, many teams don't have great linebackers. But what are you starting to see over the last 15 years? Tight ends are taking Jake the games from Ferguson's, the Kittles, the TJ guy in Baltimore, Goddard's. Uh, You're, the, the guy in Washington who's not a big name, is a good ball player. Every team has a tight end that's becoming essential in how you move the sticks because why? The linebacker position, Roquan Smith, Warner, the guy in Buffalo when healthy, there's a couple dudes in the league. There's only, a, there's only about four or five linebackers that can actually – Cover tight ends. That can actually cover. That can legitimately cover tight ends, stride for stride. There's not that many of them. So, so it's become a mismatch. Exactly. It's become a mismatch. So but if then you know why that, are the Eagles trying to make the tough throw? Is this really all about aesthetics? That's a that's, that's a beautiful question. I think it is. You know, they, they, they love to try to throw the ball over the top, throw it deep, you know, throw outside the numbers. And my thing is, yo, there's so much real estate in the middle of the field that we're not taking advantage of. You know, they they took advantage of the middle of the field against the Seahawks in the first half. They ran the ball and they threw the ball in the middle of the field in the middle of the field a lot. But then second half comes and they and they got away from it somehow, some way. That's my problem with this with this offense. They don't stick with what's working. They feel the need to constantly reinvent the wheel. If it's working, it's working. If not, tweak it. And in in the middle of a game plan, in the middle of a game, they just get away from what's what's working for them. And I don't understand it, but blows my mind still why Dallas Goddard doesn't get the targets that I feel like he should be getting. He is the most out of every player on the field. Dallas Goddard poses the largest mismatch because of because of his his he's too fast for linebackers. He's too big for safeties. You get you got you got to take advantage of that. Look at the guy MG two absolutely that guy Laporta. I think Same he's the first, first rookie tight end to go over 70 catches, 700 yards, and seven touchdowns. He's good. Dude, he's good. You, you're finding these guys because, you know, I, I, I've said this before to people when, you know, you had um, Antonio Brown at Pittsburgh and you you had the running back who um, used to tweet upside down, that dude, whatever, Le'Veon Bell. And when Ryan Shazier got paralyzed, that was the biggest – loss for Mike Tomlin because he was the Gronk neutralizer. He was a cover two type of guy that could cover tight ends, fill a gap. He was so good. I think he played at Ohio State back in the day. He was such a great football player. And they, they're they good still defensive, but there's a reason they're not good against the run anymore. And tight ends kill them because they don't have Ryan Chazier on the field. Yeah. When you got a guy like that on the field, you neutralize that tight end, you shut down teams. There's two linebackers that I wanted the Philadelphia Eagles to draft because I knew they were very good cover guys. Now, are they debatable in a run game? Whatever. But as far as guys that can legitimately cover, there were two linebackers I wanted them to draft, I think, in, I think in the past couple years or so. And one of them went to the Chiefs and one of them went to the Browns. I wanted the Eagles to draft Nick Bolton out of Mizzou. He Fantastic can cover. Player. He can cover. He's not the biggest dude, 
but he can cover. And um, I just felt like I, I just felt like he was such a talented prospect that he can immediately help your defense. Right now, he's doing amazing work for the Chiefs. I think he was. I'd rather have a cover linebacker than a linebacker that plays the run. Right, exactly. Because I, I mean, two deep tackles. If I had a cover linebacker right now, Tone, you know what I thought of? Hey, think about this. Maybe that's what they thought about with Nicobe. He's not big enough. Maybe they thought he was going to be more of a cover guy, and the two tackles in front of him would take and maybe, care of him. And maybe he could have been, right? But he can't stay healthy, so we'll never know. It makes yeah, no difference. Right. I think so, maybe – I never thought about that, but I'd rather have a cover linebacker than a guy. Because the one thing about TJ well, that they moved off of on and why they didn't want to pay him the seven is because he, he can't cover tight ends. And, and, and I, I understand – that logic, but it, unless you unless you legitimately know for a fact you have someone to replace him, you don't make that I move. Agreed. Um, but also, so I said Nick Bolton with the Chiefs. He went to Mizzou. Great prospect. I wanted the Eagles to draft him in the second round. Other, but Chiefs got him. Then the other guy I wanted, they could have got him in the second round. Um, linebacker out of Notre Dame, Jeremiah Koromoa, a Walsu. Linebacker for the for the Cleveland Browns, Jer, Jeremiah Jeremiah uh, Koromoa Owosu. The dude is a problem. He can cover linebackers. He plays the run very well. He hits, and he's just a, he's just an athletic freak. I love those two players, and I felt like the Philadelphia Eagles dropped the ball with those guys. Um, but nonetheless, I think that's their biggest issue, right? In terms of the linebacker position uh, specifically, it's not that they're not trying to invest assets into the position. They can't evaluate the position. No, they can't. They literally they can't evaluate it. No, you know, in the past, in the past three years, they drafted linebackers in either the first round or the third round. They can't evaluate the position. You know what I'm going to do next week, Tone? I'm going to I'm going to count how many how many players that they have drafted on defense at positions that they miss on corner, edge, and linebacker. And I did that two years ago, and I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to take a deeper look because I know that they have drafted something like 25 linebackers since 2000, and they haven't landed on one. Yeah, I can't really think of one that's they they got better. Well, Hicks didn't last, he couldn't stay healthy. But um they they got a better job hitting on linebackers that's undrafted or something like that, or undrafted players. They, they do it's just weird. They it, it, you know what? And, 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 I, and I don't have a, I don't have a problem with a guy being undrafted, by the way. I don't have a problem with that at all because sometimes those are diamonds in the rough, you know what I mean? They're hungrier, you know what I mean? So um, they just don't go. They don't. They don't. They don't do a good job evaluating that position. That's because you like that guy that has the journey or travel. That the journey traveled guy that's not drafted. Look at Seth. Seth was a sixth rounder. Yeah. Seth Joyner was a sixth round draft choice and turned out to be one of the best linebackers in the decade. Let me ask you this question: If the Eagles do not make the NFC title game, and I'll, I'll bring it back more. How about if the Eagles get bounced in the opening round of the playoffs? Say they're the in the wild card round. Do you move off of Nick Sirianni? No, they won't. They won't. Um, would you? Would I move off of them if they get bounced in the first round? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. As 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 emotional as I am, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make that move. That'd be that'd be the ultimate panic move. Um, this here's the trajectory that we've seen with Nick's career. Nine and eight. First year, um, nine and eight rookie season as a head coach. Granted, he has Shane Steichen in the building, but he went nine and eight, made it to the playoffs. So his first year, he made it to the playoffs. Second year, made it to a Super Bowl. Um, third year, make uh, another playoff berth. We have no idea where they're going to end up ultimately. Um, but 
so far three years in a row playoff berths. You have a chance to win the division again. Although things have been very bad, and I mean very bad, and you know how I speak on it freely. I don't pull punches with that guy. They're not going to pull the plug on him uh, off of a rough ending. I think you're looking at it wrong. Can I tell you why? How so? All those coaches that have records that have had success like that have had more input in their team's success when it comes to drafting, hiring their coaches, Mm -hmm. drafting and getting a quarterback and developing players. Nick is part of a system, and th- they believe the system is the record, not Nick. I hear so what you're saying, their but they, mentality, won't, they won't fire him, though. Their, their, their mentality, that's their record, not Nick's. They won't fire him, though. It's too soon. Um, he, has to, he has to give them a, a season. Agreed. He, has to, he, has, he would have to give them a season below 500 or at least close to it. How about you being two and three in the postseason? Two and three in the postseason. That's his record if he loses in the opening round. Oh, if he loses in the opening round. That's if he loses. Oh, well. I mean, Steve, they're not going to fire him still. Though. How about this? He goes into the next season. They lose again in the opening round, and he's two and four. Now we're playing hypothetical. But to, you, but to, but to your point, if that happens. Yeah, because I, I don't think it's tr- going to trend up in any way. To, to your point, I don't, I don't know where he'll be at this point. But if I had to guess. If I had to guess, if they went into the playoffs next season and lost in the wild card round, they'll they'll make a move. Okay. I think, I, I think they would. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think Nick Sirianni's the head football coach of the Philadelphia Eagles in five years? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I mean, head coaches aren't, aren't built to last. It's not many that last that long. He's already had, what, three? He got three years on his belt now. That's implying he'll be here for eight years. That's not going to happen. Is Jalen Hurts the quarterback in five years? Yes. I think he is. You think they're a Super Bowl contender in five years? Wow, that's far ahead. I mean, that's... How about three years? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm willing to say that. I think, Are they I think... a Super Bowl contender this year? I don't think so. I don't so think so. You're, you're assuming they're going to get better then? Yes. Yes, I am. Remember. So you're assuming then that the front office and the coaches are going to change? No. I'm assuming that they're going to make the necessary adjustments. Um, at the end of the day, you got to learn. And so far, they've made a lot of mistakes this season that you have to learn from. So I'm relying on my optimism. Oh, wait. You think that's an organization? You say this all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hold your feet to it. You say this all the time. You go like this. I don't think that that organization does enough of self-reflecting and self-evaluating. Do you really believe that they think that these issues are their fault? Or do you think that these issues are players' faults? You got Nick Sirianni saying, we're doing the same shit we did a year ago. That implies to me that Nick's saying that player performances aren't up to snuff. But we've seen seen Eagles coaches get get fired before. So... Oh, absolutely. So so they don't have they don't have any problem exiting the guy. I don't think Nick, I I think Nick's got the least safest job in the building. No, if if I had to rank, if I had to rank it, it'd probably be Brian Johnson. Like Brian Johnson be going before Nick Wood. So Brian Johnson's a pawn. I mean, mean, you said that you said you said the job in the building. Those those assistant coaches are pawns. 
Hey, isn't it funny? So you had a strong-minded, willful coach in your secondary last year. And your secondary was the best part of your football defense outside of your front seven. Mm -hmm. You get rid of that guy and it falls apart because he had some different opinions on things. And they hired they hired people that were you, they elevated people. All right. All right, let me ask you this: Do you think do you think Matt Patricia is a yes man? Hmm. He worked for Belichick. And I see I'm I'm looking at Patricia like like the enemy. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I now have learned that the enemy is not a yes man. Right. To Andy. He's not a yes man. That guy's an asshole. And people in Washington said it, people in Kansas City. But one thing is evident. He's successful on what his job is. Right. He's to get the quarterback prepared. Now he don't give a shit about cornerbacks and anything else. So the enemy's not a yes man. Get this. His last two quarterbacks he's dealt with, one was a Super Bowl MVP. This guy may lead the league in passing yards. Right. He worked up in New England for 17 years. Every single one of those coaches that have gone on to become head football coaches out of that coaching tree have had colossal failures. So, yes, I think Patricia's a yes man. Because he's failed? Yeah, because – no, because there hasn't been one successful coach in that building that has gone on with and shown any kind of strength and leadership anywhere else in anywhere they've ever coached. Not one. Hmm. Judge. So, oh, wait. So, so, we're, so are we – So are we – So if, I, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're equating his failure in Detroit to him being a yes man? I, it, I'm saying this to you. When you can go multiple places and you win, you do things your way, not their way. And I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I fully agree with the premise because you know I can be a I can be a hard ass, but I may not just be a good head coach. I may be. I may be. I may be great at what I do, and that's defense. So the point of the, the reason I brought that up was because for Harry Roseman to position Matt Patricia, to position Matt Patricia, you know, as this pseudo defensive coordinator. That kind of goes. That kind of goes against the status quo in terms of the kind of guys he puts in position, the power. So he was I don't easily know. replaced in New England. You said he was, he was when, easy. when they won a super. They they won multiple Super Bowls without him. It wasn't like he was some sort of like important I mean, cog up there. I mean, he was their DC for how long? I mean, you, you speak about I think his resume. He got two Super Bowl rings. I mean, you 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 laud about his resume all the time. Now it doesn't. No, mean I, 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 as as as. Working with his resume is is great. His resume is great. So is Eric Bieniemy's in Kansas City, right? But to me, Doug. This is why I like Doug. Doug has taken what he did, and does Belichick strike you as someone who likes yes men around him? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Because when Brady's not there, there's no success in any place he's ever coached. Now, I'll give you this. His he's a he 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 early on 
I think his strength was this, not hiring assistant coaches. His strength was hiring personnel people like Nick Casario and, and guys like Scott Pioli. When those guys were in the building and they were bringing free agents in, guys like Julian Edelman, guys like Amendola, Wes Welker, guys that nobody had even thought that were anybody, and they were bringing those kind of personnel. Johnny Nobody from Worcester, mm-hmm. Tom Brady was throwing to. All those personnel guys were fantastic. His position coach guys, to me, Tone, it's kind of like Philly a little bit. Really didn't matter what kind of position coaches you had. I think I think one thing Bill is, is he's a phenomenal defensive-minded guy. There is no question he's the greatest defensive NFL head coach that's ever lived. So so Matt Patricia has three Super Two. Bowl rings. Three? Yes, he's, he has he has three. And obviously, obviously they're all with the Patriots. I guess for me, I guess I guess the point I'm trying to get across here is I'm I don't know how good Matt Patricia is going to be in Philadelphia, right? Your situations matter. How about him um, putting uh, Bradbury in man coverage at the end of that game? That was not, you know. that, that was malpractice at its finest. That was that that's quite literally not knowing your personnel. Your first game, you to me that yeah, that's not knowing your personnel. Yeah. So again, that's the Eagles putting a guy maybe in position that wasn't prepared. I'm not saying qualified because right. to your point, right. he's clearly qualified. But what? But Matt Patricia, not to know that that guy can't and doesn't have the steps to hang. Wasn't it the rookie that beat him? That's malpractice. Yeah, it was the rookie. That's that's, that's, that's malpractice. You put the oldest legs on the youngest legs. Come on now. So it, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, um, that play malpractice at its finest. Malpractice. You know, at you the end of the you, year, you if you're that. the Eagles, do you fire all coordinators? Mm. If it's up to me, I'm I'm getting rid of I'm getting rid of all of them. If it's up to me, Desai's out, Patricia's out, um, uh, Brian Johnson's out, and then I'm letting Nick Sirianni ride out for another year, and I'm bringing and I'm bringing some OGs around him. And if it works, then then we then we got some action. Because listen, sometimes you're only you're only, you can only be as good as the sum of your parts. No, you right. you your assistant. You, you, you got to have good people around you. You got to have great it, assistant coaches, right? And that's okay, right? I, I want I want people around me that are smarter than me. You know what I mean? I don't want people around me that's just going to just agree with everything I say. That's not how. How I could do the Eagles thing. not know that going coming off a Super Bowl where you lose by three points? That it see that's again tone. That's the ego that in goes the organization. Back to, that goes back to what you always say: control. Yeah, ego. Okay. Control. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And also another thing that the Philadelphia Eagles, um, you know how back what was that about a year or two ago they called themselves what was it the uh, the quarterback factory? They also like to consider themselves um, a front office factory, right? They 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 pride themselves on their process so much, and they're so proud of their process so much, like it 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 so it, it gets in the way of their decision making. And you know, didn't Joe Douglas um, draft Zach Wilson? Uh, Joe Douglas, he's with the Jets, right? Yeah, I think he did. I think he did, Jeff Zach Wilson. Um, but Brett didn't Beach. Andrew Barry give Sean Deshaun, Deshaun Watson that two hundred twenty-five or two hundred thirty million dollar guaranteed deal? That's true. What about Burt Reach though? That's Andy's guy. Burt Reach, Burt Reach came from High Rosen's front office. Okay, all right. So, so I mean. Listen, every listen, all heroes don't wear capes. You know, everybody everybody got everybody got a bad deal on the resume. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. All right. But again, my point is though, they they care so much about 
hey, you know, we groomed this guy, and we got this many people out, you know, you know, for you know, from from our system, from our process, doing big things all across the league, and they're so huge on their process. You can't be so married to something where it's when clearly in your face there are mistakes happening. So here's my thing, right? Here's what I'm banking on, right? There was a point in time where we looked at Harry Roseman as a guy who drafted from the worst schools ever, right? But now he drafts from where? The SEC a lot. So he's shown an ability, just despite despite the bad trend, he showed an ability to learn from his past mistakes, right? That's true. I'm, he and 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 he I'm has expecting, and I'm expecting instead a, of slippery rock university, right? He was he's Alabama hanging in there, he's hanging in because I'll tell you what, Tone, and it's a great point you just made. How he looked at the uh wait a minute. No, yes, that's an analytics thing. And I'll tell you why it's an analytics thing. If I draft 10 Southeastern Conference guys versus drafting 10 Conference USA guys, the averages in my favor are going to be that I'm going to land on more guys that are going to be more successful in the NFL to whatever level that means. You can make an argument initially that they were leaning more on the analytics in the draft because you they were drafting guys and you were like, wait, why? Jalen Rager? How? It don't make sense. Yeah, but don't um, you think Nolan Smith is an analytics uh, draft? No, I'm I, I'm not saying they don't use. It I agree at with all you. Now. I'm I'm agreeing. Well, I think we're yeah. agreeing. I I am. Yeah, what, what I'm saying is now I feel like they're using their common sense and saying, yes. "Hey, listen, the eye test clearly listen oh, SEC yes. guy, Georgia, Alabama, whatever, yep. um, Texas, you know, Texas Tech, whatever, how, however you want to slice it, right? They're they're looking at it as listen, why not yep. get the best players from the best schools? Yep, make it it's it's common sense, right? And at least and also when you do that. If if our perfect example, right? Our Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback. Am I mad that the Panthers drafted him? No, because he was a killer in college. You know what I mean? He was a killer. So I can't get mad at a team for drafting a guy that everybody wanted, and then he just and then he just didn't pan out. You know what I mean? If like CJ Stroud, he's obviously he panned out, but let's say he did it. Am I going to get mad at Houston for drafting a guy who clearly was killing it in college? One of the two better quarterbacks. If they don't make it, listen, it's the it's the lay of the land sometimes. You can draft you can draft the number one prospect that everybody wanted, and then he could be a bust. Tone, I don't mind guys taking swings. So I don't mind. So that's, that's my point. I don't mind a guy taking a swing. If you draft a guy in the SEC, that tells me, okay, you're trying to give yourself the best chance at success. That's so, why when you're taking a swing at a guy from Alcorn State like Steve You look McNary, crazy. You look that's crazy. That's a crazy swing. Exactly. Exactly. So, But when you wrong, land on it, it's crazy success. Right. So, But you know – but. That is one in a million mm -hmm. that you're going to. Taking a swing at Bryce, that's one in five. Right. And that's why I'm banking that, on how that analytics? learning. I'm banking isn't on that analytics? Learning. I mean, it's odds. Yeah, I guess it's analytics. Yeah, I, I guess. But again, my, my point is they're simplifying their process. Yes. They they used they rely too much on analytics. At one point. I don't mind that kind of analytics when you're yeah. putting the ten best people in the building that were in right. college, and whether they make it or not, there's no question that I'm going to take swings at ten SEC guys right. versus ten Pac-12 guys, exactly, or or ten conference or Sun Belt guys. The Sun Belt guys, you may land on three guys that, and that's out of what the I'm entire draft. I'm banking on how somebody. we figure it, and I'm banking. That's what I'm banking on. I'm banking on. That's Harry why 68 guys from the Southeastern Conference last year got drafted. Yeah, yeah. So, 
You That's out of what, 290 or 275? That's a ton. <laughs> yeah, man, the SEC is it, the NFL should be just known as the NFL SEC, however you want to call it. But um, yeah, that's that's what I'm banking on, Sales. I'm banking on Howie's ability to learn from his past transgressions. Is Howie Roseman the general manager in Philly in five years? I see no signs of that changing, so I'm gonna say yeah. I see no signs of that changing, so I'll say yeah. You don't think Glory would do this? How about this in the offseason? Let's play a game. Okay? That sounds terrifying. Let's play a game here. You ready? <laughs> Here's the new rumor and the new words going around. There's two coaches. Belichick's too old. Not interested. Yeah, yeah. The Roonies and Mike Tomlin, after 17 years, um, May want to part ways. David Tepper is dear friends with the Roonies. There could be a possibility that the Pittsburgh Steelers trade Mike Tomlin to Carolina. Or the word is Washington. If you were Jeffrey Lurie. Would you want Mike Tomlin and Jalen Hurts? Wouldn't you want that? But then that would mean this. And for the record, know this. Mike Tomlin knows how to work with a front office. Yeah, I was about to say, he doesn't strike me as somebody who's... um Adversarial with his front office? Yeah, he doesn't. He, he, no. He's firm. He's firm, but he's they like... They hired a guy who's second in control for Howie as the assistant general manager right. of Pittsburgh. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Andy Weidel. Yeah, Andy Weidel's now there as the second in charge in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, wouldn't you, if you're the owner, want to put a guy like that? Could you imagine Mike Tomlin being the head football coach, making guys completely accountable, and a guy who, get this tone, knows defense? I was just about to say, what I love about Mike Tomlin is he knows his side of the ball, and he stays on his side of the ball. That's right. That's what I like about him. You know. Um, then you bring Frank in to run the offense. And then you bring you bring you bring somebody and yeah, you bring in the offensive mind as, as your Who OC knows to, how to work with the front office. Who knows how to and work. Friends with the owner and the GM. Here's the thing, though, right? You know, whether my OC like you, you help me out with this. Like, does it really matter if my OC knows how to work with the front office? Because all he's doing is and that so, and that and that building, yes, it matters. Okay. All right, so and again, I was just curious. So, yeah, I think I, I, think I, I wouldn't mind teams, it at all. I think there's certain teams, Tone, that do, that doesn't matter, but I think that there's certain teams, and in today's NFL, I think the analytics department is has be you know twenty years ago, you know what the analytics department was? It was a couple twenty year old kids sitting in a room putting numbers together and coming in on a trend sheet. And giving it to you now, they've got staffs that put these analytics together, Tone, mm -hmm. that are like a big time unit in these buildings. It has become such a major part. That's not an eagle thing, that's an NFL deal. And I've told you that's why you see all these young coaches, and many of them started in those analytics departments and have worked with those guys because those guys help put the game plans together. So what I'm saying to you is that mm -hmm. you got a guy here 
Wouldn't you be interested in that with Mike Tomlin? Yeah, I, I love Mike Tomlin. So if Mike Tomlin ever was an option, I never said that the Steelers are firing him. I said that they're, they're talking listening. trading him because they listening. may want to part ways. They're not listening. Uh, it's it's a, plus it's a hypothetical. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I would love Mike Tomlin in the building. I love his personality. I love his approach. Um, militant as hell. Jalen likes him. Yeah, he remember he thought he was going there. He thought yep. he was going to Pittsburgh at first, and uh, that was through, and then when he when he got the Pennsylvania phone call on draft day, he thought it was Pittsburgh. I don't think Tomlin's going to be in Pittsburgh. Yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah. How how many years do you think he got left there? He this is his seventeenth season. How do you? Think I, I think he's done. I think they're going to come up with a way. Maybe Tomlin goes you think, to TV. You, you think this is last year. I think I I look. How many? You're not going to a Super Bowl in the next five years. No, I'm just saying. Like, do you think? Like, I think he's going to pull a Sean Payton, and I'll tell you what I mean. I think he probably. I mean, can you imagine Mike Tomlin on a network? Man, he would be, oh, my God. He'd Mike be down Tomlin, on my, yeah. to Jesus Conversations with Mike Tomlin on Fox. I might no, want to listen to that. Cool. That'd be pretty cool. Hey, and Sean Payton went to Fox for a year. He sits out a year, or they do make the trade. I don't right. – oh, my God, no. I don't think he's done coaching. But that's a guy that deserves a break. I mean, dude, it's 17 seasons of being a great – not a good. He is a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. Never losing seasons. Super Bowl winner. It's a shame Constantly. he doesn't. Have, it's a shame he doesn't have more Super Bowl, Super Bowl rings because I felt like he should. But um, the quarterback has either been hurt, old. <laughs> um, also they played in that Tom Brady Peyton Manning era, so it was kind of tough. That is, you know what? Very few times do people. That's correct. That's like Phil Phil Mickelson playing in the Tiger era. It's like hey, playing that, Phil that, Mickelson's a really great player, but he was yeah. never Tiger. No it's like shit. Playing in, it's like playing in that, in that Lakers era, that early 2000 Lakers era. It was like it was hard. You know, that, was that's that, like saying that Carl Malone wasn't really super great. You have played in the Jordan era, right? Like, what can you? Like, <laughs> there's just certain things that are just inevitable. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't, you you can't fight. You can't fight the uh, the motion of the ocean. So, uh, look, here's the thing about the Philadelphia Eagles team, right? Especially when it comes to this Giants matchup. Good. They understand. They understand that, well, I would like to hope they understand the gravity of the situation. They dropped the ball in Seattle. I think the pit, I think the players do. I think the players do as well. I still look at them as a team that's going to find a way to make this thing competitive on, on Monday. I like as I that's because you have faith in the players. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not wrong. Like, 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 like this game is going to be more competitive than it has to be. Let me tell you where here. I'll, I'll flat like, out tell like you. Like really, where. they they should beat them like forty to 13. 13, 37, easily. But they won't. How how about this? I think the players are on a sense of urgency on Christmas Day. I think they're aware of the surroundings and what's going on. Mm. I think the coaching staff doesn't think anything's wrong. <laughs> And that's why the game will be close. And that's going to be their undoing. That has been their undoing. Tone, you say it. They don't self-reflect the coaches. The players do. And and and, and my point on Jalen about, you know, I, I hated how the Philly media made him have to, like, quantify or what was it? What was what was the phrase? 
had to. Yeah, he he said something along the lines of when I said when I said we, I meant me, something like that. And I'm like, uh, okay, on, I guess, man. I guess. Come on, so wait, he had he, he he had to clarify his take on what he meant in the moment. I find that to be insulting. If you don't, if you want, if you need clarification, that's a you thing. If well, that's that's where we are, right? That's where we are, and and me is like it you, is. Say so, you say something, yeah, and then it's like they don't take what you said at face value. You're like, what did you mean by that? Uh, I said what I said. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yeah, why like, why why does Jalen Hurts have to clarify that? That's a great question. You think the organization made him clarify that, or not made him? Asked them to. I think, you know, what's so funny. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a conversation with him, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Hurts, you know, the, like, you know, because remember, if you're first out of the game, you're frustrated. So you're going to get the hottest take of hot takes. I think those are the and then, takes. And then you, no, I'm with you. Um, but then you sleep on it and you say, all right, let me try to soften this up a little bit. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to create more division than that's, that, that already exists. Oh, so, really? I'm so sorry that you hurt your feelings. <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, this is what I meant. So if you thought I was talking about you, hey, man, football is a tough man's game, man. Sometimes tough things need to be said here. Hey, this ain't kissing babies and cashing, cheer, uh, cashing paychecks here, Hoss. This is playing football games on Sundays and Mondays. Let's go. What are we doing yeah. here, man? No, I that's, agree. That, that's why I love Mike Tomlin, man. Hey! Hey, you know, I mean, hey, this is bigger than you. Let me ask you this. Do you believe in, do you believe players communicate to their team one way and communicate to the media another way? Oh, completely. So is it fair to say that's what that was? I think Jalen was showing you a true side of himself after the game and he had to pull it back in so that he, yeah, I, I think there's no doubt. Because he takes it, he takes his image very seriously tone you talk to the so. media differently than your personality right exactly so because you know why they know this again this is the clark kent mentality you have to talk to people like they're clark kent mm -hmm. you can't talk to them like they're superman okay because superman could take all kinds of bullets mm -hmm. most people can't take bullets so you talk to them like clark kent most people um and and in my business most notably they 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 are all Clark Kent's. Um, you know, guys like Derek Gunn aren't. Okay. Der Derek was brutal last week and I loved it. I, I was really I totally dug what he I John McMullen too. Yeah. I mean, I was like people yes. tend to people tend to prefer when you're palatable, you know, when they can, you know, you know, soften you up a little bit. But again, right, I look at it like this. Um, a guy like Jalen Hurts, he's a pretty intense guy, and he strikes me as somebody that's pretty um, self-reflective. Uh, amongst amongst his peers, among, amongst his teammates, I like I would like to believe that um, he he's explaining the sense of urgency, and he's making sure that they feel it. Um, now, when he talks to the media, you know, you got to put on, you got to, you know, you still have to represent an organization, you got to represent yourself, all that kind of stuff. So you're going to always give them the PG version, right? But, we, but, I'm, but I'm pretty sure when they're in those meetings, you know, watching that film and the practices, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Jalen Jalen's very intense and, 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 and firm with the guys. Cody's right. I heard that too. Brandon Graham 
said he was going to talk to Jalen about his comments, finding out about it on WIP. Maybe his teammates had something to do with it too. Um, Brandon Graham as a leader and guys like Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox probably went to him and said, we don't need you. Or no, they wouldn't put it that way. They would go, Jalen, this is a time leadership because they have a leadership council on that team. So they probably met and a leadership council would meet and they would probably say, listen, okay, it's us against everybody. So let's rally the locker room. We can't lose the locker room. This is about us, not anyone else, about us. And throwing our coaches under a bus is not going to be good for us. So let's steady the ship. Probably something like that was probably said with the leadership council. Right. And that's how I'm looking at it, right? I'm looking at it like so much stuff has been said over the Maybe past the week or so. Did not, the, not, not the PR department. The players in the leadership council probably probably wanted him to clarify. So, yes, Cody, that, right, that think, makes think about it. more sense. Because think about it, right? You got Nick Sirianni putting his foot in his mouth. You got Sean, you got Sean Desai losing his losing his job, and you got it's so much just so many distractions, right? Yeah. Adding something else to the, adding something else to the table wouldn't be beneficial. Do you so, think that all those? I think Jalen's trying to steady the ship. Yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of similar to what you said about Jerry Jones, right? They lost yeah. that game, and yeah. Jerry Jones could have, you know, jumped up the handle, but he said, "You know what? Let's let's steady this thing. I'm not helping. Let me, yep. Let, let me yep. clear this up. Let me clear this up with y'all because my guys no could because could, because my guys know how what, what I meant. But let me make sure the world knows what I meant. I think that's what that was. Yeah, I. I, I completely think that because they could have had even more of a lengthy conversation that, hey, all the distractions cost us Seattle. I mean, we can't have it cost us these three games in the division and potentially home field. Yeah. And also, it makes it look Do you agree? Worse. Do you agree that Seattle game was lost because of the distractions? Seattle that had game no right winning that game. That game was lost on Tuesday, on Wednesday. That is such a good take. That game was lost the moment this Sean decided. That is situation. such a good take. It's the best it, take you've ever had on this program. Think about it. Think about it. You, the, the news dropped the day before the game. They're already in Seattle. That news drops. People are asking you questions. You're walking up. You're walking through the buildings and the streets, and people are murmuring. Like people are murmuring. Hey, well, you know, well, what happened? What the hell? What the hell's going on? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I believe that game was lost before Sunday. That game was lost way before Sunday. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it was lost when they started doing the up-downs. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, hey, I'll tell you what, man. It's a really good leadership move by Brandon to publicly say that, too. He said that on IP. I heard it, Cody. And I was like, huh. And I, and I, and I didn't plug it in, but then I know there's a leadership council on that team. Tracy's told it to me. There's like five guys on it or something like that. Yeah, it's, Kel it's Kelsey, it's Kelsey, Lane, Fletch, BG, um, and obviously Hurts. Hurts, Hurts, right? Um, isn't it funny? AJ's not in that. Yeah, Smitty's not in it either. You know, it's, it's, it's if you notice, okay. it's only one. It's it's only one young guy in it, and that's and that's Hurts. You know what I mean? The rest of them are the the guys that won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Those are the only guys left on the roster that won the Super Bowl, and Jake Elliott, the kicker. But you don't like kickers, so. 
Oh, Pickers are football <laughs> players, dude. <laughs> Jake Elliott was he he was huge in that season, man. Oh, oh. he's wait a minute. Uh, Elliott's a football player when you're kicking game-winning field goals in overtime. Other than that, these guys are sitting under an umbrella in a fold-up chair with a mai tai in their hand. That's not a football player, dude. You won't. You, you won't. Get, guys can do any kind of up downs. You know what it's going to take, man. Like Jake Elliott is going to have to kick a field goal. In the Super Bowl, uh, like Vinatieri, he, he's, Vinatieri he's gonna is have, a hey, Vinatieri's listen, a football player. Listen, listen. <laughs> Elliot's gonna have to kick a seventy-yard field goal in a blizzard, while <laughs> while he's fighting a Sharknado, <laughs> while he's while he's disarming a nuclear bomb. Then he'll be a then he'll be a football player, right? <laughs> Vinatieri, when he kicked that field goal against the Rams to beat him, he was a football player in the overtime. Oh, Absolutely. Man. But but, but 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 yeah though um I think I think overall though look they're gonna win these I, it's so hard to even commit to this team sometimes they're they're gonna win the next two games they well they should win the next two games they should but will it mean anything in the long run no not really not really they better win Christmas Day they better hey they better because my Christmas is gonna be all right I don't know about theirs though twenty eagle win is that a win on Christmas? 3120? 2120. No. What? Come on, man. That's a loss still. See, now Tone's being now that comes down to Philly cheesesteak tone. Okay. <laughs> 21 20 against the worst team in the NFL. Oh, so there's there's aesthetics with you here now, Jeffrey, right? No, that's that's cute. Um, nah. <laughs> uh no. I don't really care much about aesthetics. But 30, 30 21 20. Come on, Sills. We we did we didn't we watched the Bills beat the beat the Cowboys with all running plays. Seven you know I mean? completions. Like, so right. So my point From is from 1942 like, offense. I don't care how many yards you run for, but if you beat the Giants 21 20, we got issues. Think about that. We got real issues going into the playoffs. If you're struggling against the Giants, real issues. You know, how how, how like well, what optimism does that provide me going into the playoffs? We win, especially we when optimism is already right? low. They win they, Monday, right? I think they will. Yeah. I think Again, I think it's a 31 9 game. They lose that game. They might as well just turn in a playoff oh, yeah. card. You think, hey, do you think that expedites the questioning of Sirianni as the head coach if they lose that Giants yes. game? Now, yes. Now we're talking. If those, if those next three games don't end well, we're, Nick Sirianni is going to be on the hot seat starting 2024. Just you watch. No, 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 no. I don't hate WIP. I hate Odyssey, LJ. Hey, thank you, my friend. Yes, sir. I cannot. By the way, Philly 500, we're going to get a fan's perspective. Yes, sir. But again, you know, Tone's kind of, but Tone's both. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of go both. back and forth. Yeah, but get this. I don't know, man. That fanism, uh, them pom-poms got thrown in the trash can about a month ago. <laughs> well, you know. Think about it. They've they've been it's been it's been disastrous. It's been disastrous, and I gotta call it how I see it. See, here's the thing: how I'm talking now is how how I would be talking with my dad. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not saying anything I wouldn't normally say. You know, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty critical to see. So, um, tone. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Thank likewise, you. Likewise, so my friend. Likewise. You got it. That is our good friend. Don't forget also our good friends at Hooters. It is December. Oh, and by the way, don't forget you see. 
What Tony has just put up there, dancillioshow at gmail.com, giving you a chance, this last chance. We're going to probably do this on a football Tuesday because we're not on Monday. Christmas Day, obviously, is there for everyone to celebrate with their family. So we'll be doing this on Tuesday, announcing a winner. All you have to do is email dancillioshow at gmail.com, all your information, and you may win yourself some merchandise or some great gift certificates. And there's the code word. You'll see it throughout the rest of the program. Also, too, the Santa Bucks are here, five bucks, great stocking stuffers still. As we get closer to Monday, still a chance for you to get them there. All you have to do is purchase them. You can go to northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. You can also go to the app over the weekend to watch your favorite football games on Saturday and Sunday, Christmas Eve, hooters2go.com. Great specials, lunch specials, Monday through Friday, 1130 to 3, boneless wings, happy hours, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6. Six bucks, six items. Very simple for you. That's northeasttutors.com, northeasttutors.com. And when you roll in, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things, Christmas is near, gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now, Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
G-L-E-S Eagles. I'll tell you something that the Eagles have done a really good job of this year, but it's at the expense of the offense looking wobbly. How about this stat? Heading into this weekend, Mason Rudolph looks like he's going to start for the Steelers. Um, That'll be the 59th quarterback that'll be used this year. The Jets may even start Trevor Simeon this weekend. There's a rumor on that. That'll be 60, and they're trending to 65 quarterbacks. Think about that. There's 32 teams. Every, as an average, every team would have used a different quarterback to start a ball game. Philly's not one of them. You think that plays into a little bit of how they look at Jalen Hurts? Hey, we had our guy the whole year. Hey, I'd rather lose to Dallas and San Francisco with Jalen under center than with Marcus Mariota under center. I still have a better chance of winning ball games. And so, you know, if you think about it, this will be the first year that he plays all 17 ball games. Now, I don't know. Again, I think they're going to have to play all 17. Okay? I think they're going to have to. Look at all the teams that have played different quarterbacks. I think the had the Cowboys play. I don't think the Cowboys have played one. Had a different QB. The Niners have. Um, having that backup quarterback, have we will you upgrade that position in the offseason? Probably. But I thought that stat was crazy. That this year the 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 NFL will have around 64 quarterbacks that have would have taken snaps this year. 64 quarterbacks. Man, if you're a quarterback in the National Football League, that's quite a job you can have because if you're decent, and that's what this guy Tommy DeVito's playing for, is to be one of those 64. You understand that? That's the one thing you're looking at for DeVito this week. He's playing for a job. They're not going to go to Dan. They're not going to go to Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito versus a guy they just paid $40 million to. They're not going to move off that. Look at the cap hits. We've talked about them at nauseum. You know, the one position that the New York Giants have made a tremendous mistake at has been the quarterback position. And first off, you could have signed him in the extension, got him for 80. Instead, you, you let him play through. I'd rather pay the – look at – the Dolphins did it right. They signed the extension on Tua. Now, Tua proved himself two years in a row. Get this. If I'm not mistaken, this is the second year in a row Tua's going to throw for 25 or more touchdown passes in two consecutive years. That's more than Hurts has ever done. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna sign that. Right? I'm gonna sign that. 
Now, you'd say, well, look at the weapons. Well, Jalen's got weapons like that. He ain't throwing for 25 touchdowns a year. He, he won't hit 25. Okay, DB goes Tyreek. AJ? And Jalen Waddle, I think they're very comparable. Pro Football Focus says Jalen Waddle is one of the top three wide receivers in the league. You're making it sound like, you know, you have better wide receivers. Tyreek Hill's going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame when everything is said and done. Got a championship ring. He's 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 he is the system in Miami. They built the offense around him. That offense is built around Tyree Kill. The offense is not built around, well, I don't know, 32% of the targets are going to A.J. Brown. Maybe the offense is built around A.J. Okay, maybe it is. Our friend Philly 500 will join us here in a couple minutes. We will talk to our friend and get his take on it. He does such a great job on his podcast. I was really impressed with the Rams last night. That's turning, remember I said, that's turning out to be a pretty damn good win now. That's pretty good. That's a pretty damn impressive win. Now, the Rams are a different ball team now. I think they're a different ball team. Matthew Stafford right now is on pay, get this, in 14 ball games. How about this? Matthew Stafford in 14 ball games, 36-48, 23 touchdowns. He'll throw for as many touchdowns as Jalen. And he'll have nine interceptions on the season. He he has nine now. He has less interceptions and less turnovers. And he's played in 14 ball games. Stafford and McVay have done a hell of a job. Okay, just a hell of a job in, in what they've done. I'm 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 very impressed with it. They're good. Um I love their conversation with Tone. This game, to me, is going to tell us a ton about Nick and the preparation of how they're going about. I would simplify as much as I possibly can on Monday. I would just make this game as simple as I can. Okay? I really. Underneath passes, Goddard, Swift, second half, A.J. Brown, Devontae, Put the game away. Get on them early, too. I'd put a 14-play drive against the Giants and put them to sleep. Don't let the biggest mistake you can make, in my opinion, in this game, okay? In this game, in my opinion, would be if you let the Giants score first. If the Giants score first, then you're going to put self-doubt, in my opinion. You'll have self-doubt in the building, okay? I you, you can't let them get the lead. DeVito covers the 13. 13 it's 13 and a half, my friend, okay? It's, it's, it's 13 and a half. And I, I, I haven't – hey – is the guy good? I haven't seen him play yet. I haven't seen him play. Is he good? I haven't seen him play. So, let me get this here. 
I haven't seen him play. Have you? Is he good? He's decent. Hey, by the way, so when I get my boy Philly on, is he going to be kind of like looking at uh, the Paisan here? Like, you know, you know, Johnny Bag of Donuts here and uh, Mr. Forget About It. I mean, I don't know, you know? I mean, I can't wait to hear him, man. I can't wait to hear him on what, hey, this 10 days has been like for him as they go into Christmas Day. Here he is doing his Santa impression, our friend Philly 500, as we get ready for the holidays and a very telling game on Monday versus this Gigante team. Merry Christmas to you, brother. Merry Christmas to you, too. Yo, yo, yo. Dingback Claus is here. What's happening? <laughs> Dude, I dig the Santa Eagle hat. Yes, of course. I'm coming. I'm bearing gifts this week. And it's so tell me something. W. I didn't get a chance to see what was – what did Nick Sirianni say? I saw you blow up on, on social media. What did Nick Sirianni say that got you fired up? Uh, he was saying that don't blame Brian Johnson. Don't blame everybody else. It's his offense. It's his game plan. It's his stuff. So uh, we should hold him accountable and not Brian Johnson. And I said, okay, well, then I blame you for, for this crappy offense. That's what I said. Um, because to me, uh, this offense is horrible. And, and it's not like it was last year. That was the other thing he said, that it's the same offense as last year. There's no way this is the same offense as last year. I watched the Colts game last week. And, and to me, they ran at one point, they ran like 11 or 12 straight times in the fourth quarter. We used to do that. We used to do that. We don't do that anymore. So that's what think, I was mad about. So how about this? I think a prime example in that game that we saw in Seattle, by the way, we first off, the Seattle loss for you was what? Uh, that was um, that was the loss that told me that that they've got they've got internal problems going on. There, there's something more than just hey, we're you know we lost to two good teams. I I think I think there's problems, and I think it goes deeper than than that um, within this locker room. And and personally, I I think the players don't trust the coaching staff. It's just my my opinion looking um you know inside from the outside but i don't think they trust this this coaching staff i i think that if you look at the way they come out you look at their demeanor uh i don't think they're you know this isn't a game plan uh and and it doesn't look like that excites players very much to don't play you, think, you know hey philly don't you think that this year it's being micromanaged more than it was a year ago yeah, I, I do. But I, I, I also think it's like, I, I also feel like it's like they really want to force a, you know, a, a square peg in a round hole, no matter what. And even when it doesn't work. Um, but, you know, I, I go back to what to when I was on your show and you had talked to Frank Reich. I think this is all about the analytics and an analytics game plan. And doesn't it make sense that they believe in the big play so much that they always want to push it deep, and then they're so paranoid on defense to give up the big play? So I think the analytics has really, like, neutered this team. <laughs> I do. How about this? You know what my takeaway was from these last couple press conferences that blew my doors off was that Nick admitted 
that Sean Desai, until what you said just a couple seconds ago, that Sean Desai is going to put the game plan together, but um, you're going to have Patricia as the play caller, and it's right. my offense. This is my offense, and Brian Johnson's going to call it. I mean, you talk about too many roosters in the hen house here. Right. You just have too many chefs in the kitchen here, and I think that's why you, when you when you look at it, you're like this. There's no clarity on what they want to do, right? I mean, right. they got too many voices in the direction of what they want this team to look like. Yeah, yeah. It, it look it looks like that. There, there's there's definitely a disconnect, and you you could see it on the players' faces. Uh, you you can just tell. So. I think that's a big problem. And and the question is really, can they stop the bleeding? Can they fix this? Even though there's technically time, can they fix this? And I tell you this, Sills, I believe if if they lose one of these next three games and get tossed in the first round, I think Nick, Nick Sirianni is gone. I think they're going to fire him. You know, that was one of my topics today. It was I did a video on it this in morning. The, in, in the wild card game. Ah, you think they move I, I, off him? Yeah, I, I have a video coming I did earlier today on it. I think that if he loses one of these next three games and then loses in the first round, I don't think he can recover. I don't think – I think he'll lose the players in the locker room. I don't think they trust him. I don't think they'll trust him next year. This will be an epic collapse, like one that you write history – put in the history books. I think he's done. If they're willing to fire Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl, then go three straight playoff games – I think he's going to go. I, I think he, I think that's what this game and these final three games mean. He's he's got to turn it around. If he loses that Giants game on Christmas Day and it gets bounced in the opening round, that would be, in your opinion, that would be yeah. the beginning of the end for him. I think so. I, I don't think they. I don't think. I mean, nobody in that locker room is going to trust him going into next year. You know, I, I think. Unless they keep him and then they, you know, take more power away from him. Not that he has much. Here's what will happen, right? He, Let's say he chokes. They lose one of the next three games. They lose the division. They go to the wild card. They lose. You know what he's going to say. He's going go to go to Howie go, well, listen, I need to be able to do things my way, the way I want. I need more power and control to be able to do more. And Howie Russell going to say, see ya. They ain't giving up any control. So I, I, think, I think Nick Sirianni's. If he does not get at least to the second round of playoffs and does not win the division, I think they're in trouble. I think he's in trouble. I really do. You think Nick Sirianni get get this? You see, I don't think. I think the organization looks at what were they last year? Fourteen and three. They were yeah. were they fourteen and okay? They were fourteen and three, and now they're ten and four. So we'll just go to this point. They're twenty four and seven right now. I would say this to you. Do you believe that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie look at it this way? That 24 and 7 is a reflection of our organization, not Nick. And that's why you're saying he's expendable because they look at, like you said, you could fire Doug, you could fire Andy, you could fire anybody, that they look at more of that because of the control factor that they have over the organization and the personnel. That to them, that's more a reflection on the organization than than Nick. Right. Nick 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 is a Nick is a result of our work is how they look at it. Do you agree? Right, I agree. 
I agree. I think they figure they could find another Nick Sirianni out there. They because just, here, you know, and to your point, and this is what I told Tone earlier, you know, when coaches have 24 and 7 records, they're in control of hiring their own staffs, their own systems. Um, they're they help bring in their own personnel. So when you have a guy with a 24 and 7 record, he's more responsible and has more jobs. Nick has none of those responsibilities. Right. That's why it's easier to move off him. Right. And, and and it's the way it happened. It's not like he's got a 24-7 record and he was great for the second half of the season. This is a guy that had a 10-1 record after 11 games and was two games up on first of the number one seed. Two games up after 11 games. You're usually in a pretty good position. Now you're talking about maybe being the fifth seed. Uh I I don't I don't know how he can recover from it. You got wide receiver fighting with people on social media. You got a coach who's looking, you know, getting saying stupid things in a press conference. Now you have reports that, that you know today that, that that there's internal concern about Jalen Hurts' leadership and how he acts. Uh, why I, does I it, why this does this sound him. like Wentz? Why does it why does this sound like the Wentz stuff again? It does it does, but but to me, I I don't know. I, I think the whole internal, like he's not speaking loud enough thing. Um, I, 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 I don't know. That sounds like scapegoat stuff to me because uh, Jalen Hurts is the only reason you've got ten wins. His he's the only reason you won ten games. You think there's listen? You put Dak Prescott with the Eagles' offense, right? You think they go beat Buffalo? You think they beat Kansas City? You think they beat Miami? No. I think Jalen Hurts is the reason they won 10 games, but I think there's finger pointing going on because I think this coach is going to get, is going to get the blame. Uh, that's, that's my personal opinion. Don't you think when you hear and you, it's a great point because anytime there's finger pointing going on in organizations, that means you don't have strong leadership at the coaching position. Right. I mean, yeah. You One thing, get this in new England, that thing's a train wreck this year, right? Nobody's pointing anything at anything but Bill. And right. Bill doesn't have it any other way, nor would he have it any other way. When shit goes sideways in Seattle, it's pointed at Pete. Right. Here, you're pointing it at the players and assistant coaches. It just it just seems that that's that's another telltale sign that that guy has no control over his team. Yeah. Yeah, and and there was more, and there was two different conflicting reports. There was a report today that I read talking about the internal, you know, concerns about Hurts. Then you get another report saying from the backup quarterback saying that Jalen Hurts, uh, he is the loudest voice in the locker room and on the field. So how could you have both of these things going on at the same time? Uh, to me, it sounds like there's different voices and there's finger pointing within the front office going on and things are leaking out in weird ways. So I, I think Nick Sirianni is in trouble if if he can't turn this thing around. I you think Nick do. Sirianni's responsible for all the noise? Well, I mean, he is the head coach, you know, so I, I, I don't know. It's hard to know because, you know, Howie Roseman does his thing to, you know, those analytic guys. They're sitting there. You don't think they're using analytics to put out different public uh, reports? They calculate the calculations with their nerdy glasses. They're a bunch <laughs> of nerds. Sales are a bunch of nerds. <laughs> All right, I'll ask you a question about uh, Christmas Day's game. Would you bet your house that the Eagles win that game against the Giants? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. I love your yeah. conviction. Why? 
Because the Giants stink. They do. <laughs> and hey, the but did you think Seattle stunk? Yeah, well, I listen, I thought we'd beat Seattle. I thought it would be tough, but we we have struggled in Seattle before. Uh we usually But it was Drew Locke. I know. I know. True Montana, you mean. True Montana. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like Joe Montana. Yeah, true Montana. Montana. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we will. I think listen, I thought we would win. I thought it would be a close game and uh last week at Seattle. I think this has got to be to me, this game, you can't just win this game. Like, you can't win this game 9-6 or 17-14. Like, this has got to be a get-right game. Like, you need to blow this team out See, of I work. think this is a 31-9 game. Yeah, it's got to be something like 31-9, 31-3. Like, they have to blow this team out of the water because if they don't, um, it's bad. I mean, this has got to be a, a game where you take all the frustration of the last few weeks and you got to take it out on the Giants. And if they if they don't, I mean, if the Giants win or this is a close game, I I think that looks really bad on Nick Sirianni. I do. So you 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 don't want to see Devito Sims on Christmas no. Day. It's better. Not I I, I feel like if Devito if Devito beats us, I'm gonna feel personally like that's an Italian on Italian crime. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I like the kid. I like him. He you know, but. If he beats us, I'm taking it that personal. Like, that's a tie on tie crime. You can't allow that kid to beat you. He was <laughs> sacked, what, like five like five times every game? Like, th- this has got to be a get-right game for this team. If they if they don't come out and they, they don't beat the crap out of the Giants and they let the Giants hang around, then, then I don't know how you can't say there's something not internally wrong here. Do they win the rest of their games? I think they do, but I, they've got to win. They got to win Monday, and they got to win convincingly. I feel like if they win Monday, it'll take a lot of pressure off. But if they don't win Monday, I then they might lose two more games. But they should. I mean, they should. They should beat them. I think the Arizona game is actually the harder game than the giant two giant games. Okay, I'm going to play a little game with you here. Um, in three years. Is Sirianni the head football coach? Boy, you, if you ask me that after these three games, I'll tell you. But uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. Oh, gee. And, and, and it doesn't even, and it's not a matter of wins or losses. Because even if he wins, let's say he wins. Let's say the Eagles turn it all around. They go to the NFC Championship game, right? And then next year, they're really good. At some point, he's going to want more control. And when he thinks he's built up enough control to go after High Roseman, he's going to get canned anyways. So regardless of whether he wins or loses, I don't know that the lifespan of a coach under this regime, I don't know if little the little guy is going to allow coaches to stay that long. <laughs> The little guy. I love the little guy. The little guy. <laughs> the little guy. He's like Napoleon, you know? Oh, I know. Oh, my God. He's here. Look, the only difference is when he's got his hand inside the jacket, this guy's got pink slips ready to hand out. This guy's yeah, ready I, to try to – this guy's got scapegoat names inside that thing right. here. I mean, Doug Peterson won you a Super Bowl. Howie Napoleon. Howie Napoleon. <laughs> then he went to three straight game playoff games, and they fired him the first year. Because he wanted more control. So either Nick Sirianni is going to build up 
where he thinks he's earned the right to have a more say, or he's going to fail. Either way, it ain't going to last long. I don't believe. No, I, I, I think, I think Bozo Sirianni's on a timeline too, man. I, I do. I think, you know, I, I do. I, I, I do you think Howie Roseman is general manager of the Eagles in three years? Yes. I think not only do I think he's the general I think he's going to also be the owner. I think he must have comp- <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he must have compromising photos on Jeffrey Louie or something and and uh I, you know whatever happens Howie Roseman always seems to come out of it with more power and more control. So I no I think he'll be the owner in 3 years. Are you kidding? How about this one? This is this is just shits and giggles here. Looks like the uh, the Steelers, and there's rumors that he may they may try trading Tomlin, and Tomlin would be because it's 17 years. They're not going anywhere. There's no Super Bowl on the horizon. Maybe it's a fresh start. The Steelers are really great at hiring coaches. They've only had get this, Philly. You want to hear something psycho? Yeah. The Steelers have only had three coaches since 1969. Wow. Three coaches. Yeah. There's been more popes and presidents. <laughs> Right. Then there have head coaches in Pittsburgh, which is insane. That's stability at its finest. Yeah. Okay? However, yeah. 17 years, I mean, he's he's years past uh, Bill Cowher. So, you know, David Tepper, they're talking about that situation. Mm-hmm. Washington, potentially. Why wouldn't an organization like Philly want a guy, and especially since your defense is horseshit, you bring a guy like Tom. They're only winning games in Pittsburgh. Do you think mm-hmm. Jeffrey Lurie would ever – and by the way, Mike Tomlin works with front offices exceptionally well. He's worked at the front office, and Pittsburgh's got a lot of control. They just do it differently. There's not one Napoleon in a room. Everyone kind of helps the coach. It's not like overseeing the coach. See, I my problem with um, Howie is that he has no accountability. Like, he's not accountable to anybody but the owner. There's, mm-hmm. there, there's no accountability, and the owner doesn't hold them that way. And that's why the organization doesn't self-reflect enough. See, they like you said when you came on today, they look at this situation like it's not their fault. They, right. they, they don't think they're doing anything wrong. Right? Would you consider doing something like Tomlin, or do you think that's just way over the top for them? I don't think Tomlin would consider it. Because I, I don't I don't think I think you're gonna have the same problem you had when they were trying to hire a coach the last time. Uh, any coach that that wants control or say so and has built up the equity in this league to have that is not going to want to relinquish all that to, to Howie Roseman. And I don't think Howie is ever gonna put himself in a position again to happen with what happened with Chip Dip Kelly. So you know, I I don't think that you're going to end up getting coaches here that have you know experience or won Super Bowls I think you're always going to get that guy who comes in that's fresh that's willing to do give up the control because he wants his first opportunity to coach I always think you're going to get that kind of guy with the Eagles because they don't want to give the control Tomlin's not going to want to come here and have Howie Roseman tell him how to run his offense or tell him what kind of defensive coordinator he has to hire you know, Tom was too good of a coach for that. So I don't, I don't see the Eagles having those kind of coaches. I have to ask you a favor. How long have you been covering this team? Oh, I mean, I've been watching since I was five. I've been covering. I've been on here since 2016 on YouTube. 
okay, help me out on something. And, and, and give me a history lesson because, you know, I've never asked this question actually to anybody, including Angelo. How did Roseman lose control of the organization so when they decided and the owner decided to do this? Because this will tell me a little bit about what, ha what happened to Howie for the owner to go, no, I'm going with a college coach who has no NFL experience whatsoever, and I'm going to put that guy in the broom closet, and I'm giving Chip complete control. What right. Was there a situation? Was there a lead-up? Was there anything that led to that that made that owner have such a, a, a massive change in direction? It didn't start that way. When they hired Chip Kelly – you know how he had his role as a GM and oh okay oh oh so he was yeah. still the GM yeah he was actually stripped of it. Chip Kelly said, you know this guy's not a football guy. He went to the coach, uh, he went to the owner, and and he said, I can't work with this guy. I need to be able to have more control, and they gave it to him, and and they actually gave it to him, and and then how he kind of just disappeared. It didn't start off where. Uh, he was stripped of it. He was actually the GM when they hired Chip Kelly. Now I know. Now I know why they hire inexperienced coaches because right. an experienced coach who has the autonomy to walk into the owner's room and say, this guy's not a football guy, that's what ended. That's why he'll never have. Philly, you just let me know now why they hire guys like Sirianni and these dudes. Yeah. It's because now – they never. He never wants to be called a non-football guy, and he's never going to give that control. I mean, Doug Peterson, right? Doug Peterson had never been. A, he wasn't even a, talked about as a candidate for a head coach when the Eagles hired him. And when he did get hired, he had accepted defensive coordinator. Jim Schwartz wasn't a Doug Peterson hire. That he was already hired as a defensive coordinator before they had a coach. So, Holy shit! And. Uh, how, did Howie hire Jim Swartz? Yep. Howie hired an experienced D coordinator then because he needed to. Then he went out and he hired an inexperienced – he hired more of an experienced coordinator who had been – because yes. Swartz had been the head coach of the Lions, right? Right. So That's he right. hired a more experienced court. Why do you think that they hired such – they went from a Super Bowl football team – to downgrading their coordinators. Why? With lesser experienced coordinators. I, 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 you know, maybe it's the same way, like, they look at Desai, right, as a defensive coordinator, and you bring in Matt Patricia so that you have a guy ready to go just in case. There were a lot of reports at the time after Doug's first year that Schwartz was going to end up being the head coach and that, that Doug Peterson was on a short leash. So, you know, who knows? So this is completely about control with Howie. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I think I don't think you'll ever see a, a Tomlin or, or somebody like that. And that's why I say even if Nick Sirianni has success over the you know next few years, when he goes and he thinks he needs more control, you think they're gonna give it to him? They let Doug Peterson go, they're gonna let him go too. I got asked a question. Last question for you here. I got asked a question. Um, a couple days ago by a college guy and somebody said to me, he goes, you think the Eagles would ever consider somebody like Jim Harbaugh? 
And I said, and I go, why would you throw Harbaugh? He goes, well, he did take Kaepernick to a Super Bowl, and it's an RPO guy, and it's a he's that's kind of what you know. He's a guy that likes those RPO type quarterbacks, and look what he did with Kaepernick. He could do the same thing with Hertz. Hertz is a better passer than Kaepernick. And I was like, yeah, but I go, that guy wears you out, though, bro. I mean, right. that's a guy who likes not to be told what to do. He wants. I mean, that guy answers to the president of Michigan, Michigan University. Uh, he don't even like answering the boosters. So, right. I mean, you got to answer to Howie Roseman. See, he would have a problem with that. You got to remember something about Harbaugh. He's not just a college coach. Jim Harbaugh's 40, 41 and 17 and one as an NFL head coach and won right. an NFC championship. So it's not like he's Chip Kelly. That guy's right. had success at every level, and he's a former player who played 17 years. I mean, and Harbaugh, right, like Barb says, Harbaugh's in trouble in Michigan. There's another investigation coming out. Would you ever consider – you think they'd ever consider somebody like that? Or, again, that no. would be a negative thing because it's just a guy who would want more, more autonomy in the yeah. program, and they wouldn't hire a guy. So they don't hire quality coaches. You think about it. Look at the coaches that they hired. They hired a guy off of, they got hired a college guy after Andy, right? Then you hire Doug Peterson. Go back and look at, at, at all the people that were rumored to be the head coach of the Eagles. No, Doug Peterson wasn't even considered. He came out of nowhere. Nick Sirianni, who was Nick Sirianni before he was hired? Nobody even heard of him. I I do not believe they will ever get a coach that has built up equity within the league as success under Howie. They're, they'll go up and maybe pick somebody from their coaching staff. They might go get a Andy Reid's quarterback coach or something like that. But I don't think they're going to do that because they're – listen, Howie Roseman's had trouble with GMs and general managers who did not want to come and work with him because um, they don't consider him a football guy. So, you know, I, I think that – I think you don't know it, what a statement you just said and how true that is. That there's general managers in the league that say this. Yeah, he's not a person. He's not a personnel guy, right? He's a cap guy. He's a he's a money. He's a guy. cap he's guy. Great with that. He's great with trades. But I mean, you know, and this isn't me speculating. This has actually been reported. This has been, in fact, if you look how hard, how long it takes them to find general managers and 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 other guys. I forget the guy's name that the GM of the Jets. It took us Joe forever. Douglas. Joe Douglas, right? He had to come in and share responsibility with Howie. Joe Douglas wasn't really in charge of what was going on here. That's Howie Roseman. You know what was Andrew um, Barry's role? I think in he was Cleveland. Like, I think he was like a special. I, he's a GM now, right? Yeah, in, Cleveland. Cleveland. I don't. I, I don't remember what it was. It was. It was like a special assistant to the GM or to Howie or something like that. I, I don't know exactly, but Howie's always been the guy in, in charge, and he is not going to put himself in a position where he hires a coach like Tomlin or Harbaugh that comes in and says, "I want to do things my way." It's not going to happen. So, uh, you know, that's why I don't think even if Nick Sirianni wins two Super Bowls, I don't think he lasts long because Howie's not giving up that control. Seven fishes on Sunday? Uh, not going to have seven, but we'll have a few. You know, <coughs> a few things here, a little crab, crabs and spaghetti. That's my favorite. We're gonna do, have you have any, do you have any – do you drink at all? Yeah, once in a while. I'm not the biggest drinker in the world, but I'll drink here and there, you know. What's the, see, occasions. I like fruity drinks. I'm like, I like those little wormy drinks. Like, 
pina coladas and margaritas and shit like that. I like I like uh, I like tangeray and tonics. That's my drink. Tangeray and tonics. Tangeray Look at that. You're an aristocrat. I am. <laughs> that were really dark beer. You know Th those two things I like. Holy but shit! Not, an aristocratic a, 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 a tangeray and hey, tonic man. Hey, it sounds like I you go to Forty Nine er games. Yo. Pink I know. Like, I, that, that's ex I'm expecting that at a 49er game instead of beers and brats no. at the link this no. weekend. Me and me and John Gotti, we got <laughs> pick you up when we drink, baby. Got to show no, up. The only, the only way an Italian guy puts the pinky up is when he has pinky. espresso cappuccino in his hand. That's it. Hey, I drink. I got big hands. Everything looks like a little espresso cup to me. That's I what I always like tell that. my wife. It's not what you think down there. It's I got big hands. <laughs> That's right. Everything you know was it. small on big cells. You know, I yeah. got big hands, right. big thighs. How you doing? Right. Big feet. Hey, Philly, thank you so much. Merry thank Christmas you, to you and your family. Merry You're Christmas absolutely you. awesome. It's such a great thank you, man. Such a great part of our show. And I love Appreciate you coming it. on here. I love being on. Thank you so much, Phil. Take you care. You got it, man. The great absolute Philly 500. I love having him on, man. Absolutely awesome. Make sure you check out his podcast. He does such a spectacular job. I watch him too. He's great. Merry Christmas to him. Power Hour coming up and the legend himself, the Philly Godfather. He's got 500 grand to show you. 500 grand. Woo! You can't believe this guy doesn't make money. Come on now. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. The legend himself is going to join us. The legendary Philly Godfather is going to join us. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. We're going to reset here. Before we get him on here, we're going to take a look at week 16 of the NFL. We'll get his thoughts. By the way, it's official. The three-headed horse right now heading into week 16 for the most valuable player award is Brock Purdy, number one, Lamar, two. They face off against one another this weekend. Can't wait for that game. And then the number three guy, again, it's it's Purdy, Lamar, and Christian McCaffrey. Those are your three dudes. So if McCaffrey has a big game, he could become the first running back since Adrian Peterson to win the Most Valuable Player Award. How about if I'm pulling for Brock Purdy to win the MVP? Because I want him to blow up the entire notion that you have to pay a quarterback $50 million to win a Super Bowl. I want him to blow that up. And if that happens, the market will be reset. It'll be reset. Like the running back market was. It'll prove you don't need a $50 million quarterback. Let me ask you this. You think Brock Purdy could go to here? How about this? How, how about this? Let me ask you this. Do you think Brock Purdy could go to Las Vegas and do what he's doing in San Francisco? No, no, senor. Let me ask you. Do you think that Brock Purdy could go to San Francisco how about this, Yale? Do you anybody think he could go to San Francisco and do what he's doing like he is in San Francisco? Do you think he could go to Las Vegas and do it with the Raiders? Quarterbacks are not interchangeable, so coaching matters, right? Is that right, senor? So the coach is the reason they're winning, and he's playing the way he is in San Francisco. Is that correct? Okay, so why are you paying these quarterbacks $50 million? There's only a few to – Jalen Hurts is proving to you you need better coordinators around him for him to be able to be a quarterback that you saw last year. Am I right? Now, if you had Kyle Shanahan with Jalen Hurts, is Jalen Hurts a $50 million quarterback? Yeah. Don't you get it? For you to have a $50 million quarterback, 
you need to have a $50 million coach. They're hand in hand. If you don't have a quality coach, doesn't Zach Taylor prove to you and Kevin Stefanski, the guy in Minnesota, don't those men prove to you how talented they are as coaches? Even without their horses, Zach Taylor with Joe Burrow, they're unbeatable. They beat the Niners this year. They beat them handily. If you don't have a competent coach around your 50 million, do you get this? Do you think that Kyler Murray has a competent $50 million? I'm not saying you're going to pay coaches 50 million, but if you don't have one of the higher minded coaches around a $50 million quarterback, don't you think you're not going to get the value out of that quarterback? Isn't that what's being proved out? You got the last player drafted in the National Football League draft last year playing at an MVP level, the same level that Jimmy Garoppolo played. Okay? Yale's not sold on Taylor, who's developing Jake Browning into being the next Joe Burrow. And even though they're like eight and six or whatever they are, with no quarterback, and nobody knew who Jake Browning was, he's not sold on him. How are you not sold on a guy who is developing quarterbacks and winning ball games without their franchise guy who's the highest paid player? Get this. Zach Taylor's winning football games without the highest paid player in the league. How's that possible? The Bengals have the highest paid football player in the league. How are they winning games? How are they winning games? A-track goes Sills. What does Kyle Shanahan won? Same shit as your boy. The only difference is he's actually a play caller. That's worth the shit. Your guy sucks. Massive cannolis. Massive cannolis as a play caller. He's a two and five coach. You know it. And the offense that you see now is a two and five offense. The guy you saw versus Atlanta and all those teams when he started his coaching career at two and five, that's who you have now as your play designer. Nick Sirianni is a bomb. As an offensive-minded coach. He's a position coach. Those other guys, the guy in Minnesota, the guy in Cleveland, the guy in um, Cincy, McVay, San Francisco, those guys are coaches that move the sticks and win games with lesser talent, whether it's their superstar talent or lesser talent. They win games. Nick loses Shane Steichen. He falls to pieces. Hey, get this. A-track. Your boy lost Shane Steichen, and he sucks. Those guys lose their uh, franchise quarterback and the highest-paid quarterback and player in the league, and get this, they win. What's the difference? Nick's not a great coach. You see, the, the Eagles don't look at Nick Sirianni as a coach with a 27-7 the last twenty-seven and seven record if they win out. 
The Eagles look at that as their record. Management looks at that as them, and Nick's a, Nick's a process of that. That's why they fire all these guys. Aren't you getting that by now? Your boy's not a good coach. It's not a good coach. Hey, let me say this. I think you win, but if that guy turns that game into a 22-21 game on Monday, you got it. That Giants team stinks. It stinks. How many points did the Cowboys put on them? 40? You better put something like 40 on them. You better put 40 on them. And I'm not talking about a Colt 45. You better. Maybe you are. I want a Colt 45 put on them on Monday. Hey, you want to get back into the Super Bowl conversation? You put a Colt 45 on them. Yes, sir. I'm telling you, if that guy doesn't make it to the NFC championship game, it'll begin the process. Let me say this to you, too. Before we get Philly Godfather on, I'd make this point to you about that Cowboy and Dolphin game. It's kind of significant to the Eagles. You know what the Miami Dolphins are to me? The Miami Dolphins are cheap man's knockoff Rolex. Looks good. A lot of glitz. Really fast. You know? It's like a knockoff Rolex. It's like Olex. Okay? They're like an Olex. Does that say Rolex? How come it ticks? <laughs> Rolexes aren't supposed to tick. How come this bad puppy ticks? It's an Olex. Or, you know, you uh, have... Uh, uh, it, it, it's like a it's like a Lendy, not a Fendi. You know what I mean? Like a Fendi. Yale likes Miami. It's like a Folex. Okay, I like that better. It's a Folex. It's a fake Lamborghini. Who they beating this year? Every time they get into a game against a good football team, they get the shit kicked out of them. Don't you have to win this game? To be a true Super Bowl contender? I mean, you know what? Hey, I trust the... Hey, I'll tell you this. I trust the Eagles more than I trust the Dolphins. And the Eagles are in more chaos right now. I mean, look at the teams that at least the Eagles have beaten. There, there's a sample size where you went, eh, you know, they may be stumbling right now, but they did beat the Dolphins handily. They did beat the Cowboys. They did beat the Chiefs. They did beat the Bills. By the way... The Bills and the Rams might be the hottest teams in the league right now, right? Well, Eagles have those on their on their um, resume as beating those guys. That's not that bad. The Rams haven't beaten anybody. They, they, they haven't. I mean, they just haven't. And so this game, and, and the, hey, and, and the Cowboys? Here's what the Cowboys have to prove to me, too. Okay? The Cowboys have to prove to me you can go on the road and you could beat teams. The Cowboys, that's why 
I say this to you about your birds. The birds have to just hang in there. We started to show off like that. Just hang in there. Okay? That Okay? Hang in there. Okay? Just hang in there and see how this thing plays out towards the end of the year. Because you never know, man. What if Lamar Jackson beats them and the 49ers and ends up getting hurt? Somebody gets hurt in that game that's significant. Okay? What if they do? And, and someone would go, you're hoping for – that's the only thing you can – well, that's one of the things you hope for. Am I hoping for somebody to get hurt? Here, follow me here and see how you – let me see how some of you take this. Am I hoping for a player to get hurt? Um, I don't know. Are you hoping for an individual player to get hurt? No. Am, am I hoping for something significant to make my road to the Super Bowl easier? Why is it so hard for that? Injuries are part of it. We know that. Am I hoping for someone to get hurt versus am I hoping for Tyree Kill to get hurt? I would never root for that player to get hurt in my entire life. But would I want to make my road easier to get to the Super Bowl if they had a significant loss and the guy couldn't play in that game against us? I don't know. You guys had that happen with, with Purdy. Okay. That's right. You guys remember when you got to the Super Bowl, every year plays out differently. That's correct, Yale. Absolutely. If you hey, hey, um, Tone, help me out here. Who were the quarterbacks that the Eagles played in the NFC playoffs that year they won the Super Bowl? This year, you're gonna have to play. Purdy, probably. Dak. Okay. So Brady in the Super Bowl, but I'm saying on the NFC side, you played Matt Ryan for Atlanta, and you played Case Keenum, who was the backup quarterback. Was he the backup quarterback? Or was he the starter? I think he was a starter, wasn't he? In Minnesota. So you played Case Keenum and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was good back then. Okay. Okay. Matt Ryan and Case Keenum. Matt Ryan was good. Case Keenum had a career year that year, Tone says. And now you're going to have to take on Dak, Purdy, and Jared Goff potentially. One of those three guys. Golf is a really fine ball player. By the way, golf's going to have a superior year this year than Jalen will. And it'll be the fourth time in six years that he's thrown for 4,000 yards. You've never had a quarterback in your entire franchise history do it. You've only had one guy throw for four grand. And it's debatable if Hurts is going to do that this year or not now. He's trending for 4,035, I think. If he has another couple shitty games, he's not getting there with more attempts. It's crazy. And by the way, two receivers will be over a thousand yards again, and you won't have a quarterback over four grand two years in a row. That's kind of crazy. I I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> 
So now the Eagles think Jalen Hurts has an internal problem. I saw that by um, – was that by Jeff McClain? So now the black man has a problem because he didn't like the coaching staff. I, that where, How did you turn that into race, death row? This is why Jalen has to clarify himself is because of that. A white guy doesn't have to. Jesus, that's oh. that. I'm not. I'm not on you for that. But we are so weak as a society that we have to worry about if a black guy says something because then he's angry black guy. Man. But I can't talk like a white guy because I, I, Jesus. So you, what you're, inf you, what you're inferencing is that Jalen walked it back because he didn't want to come off as angry black guy. Man, I hope not. It's just a reflection of our society if that's the case. But I know it. All I say is this, but he does have to watch how he said, talks because there'll be a portion of our society that will say that. Remember something, if a black guy talks, a black quarterback talks and is direct comes off as angry black guy to certain media people. Tom Brady does it. It's leadership. I'm not saying, I say 85% of the people in this place that's watching right now don't believe that. Okay? But remember something. 50% of the people are on Twitter. People think that that's gospel. Do you understand that? Only 15% of people in the world are on Twitter. But yet you go to that platform, you would swear that that's the, minor that's the majority. And it's not. It's the minority that talks like that. And I'm talking minority in people, general, across all races. So you keep talking like that. And, dude, people in our society, we take the, we, we take the uh, minority of people's views more than what the masses want. That's why Trump won the election. Because everyone thinks the world is run by New York and California. Middle of America runs the country. That's why he won. That's why he won Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Michigan. Because they didn't want to go there. He went there. Okay? So, you know, I don't believe that. I don't think that that's a strong narrative. But Jalen Hurts, so who thinks that Jalen, I saw that Jeff McClain column, and I'm not saying anything on Jeff McClain. I'm not. I think Jeff was right on Gardner Johnson, and I said that I was probably wrong on it. Okay? I I, I was. I, I'm, I And I said that. Hey, can you, can you post that again? 
whoever did that, they're saying now that Jalen Hurts, some people according to Jeff McClain, Jeff, what was that comment that Jeff McClain said? I guess Jeff McClain tweeted out something that there's now comments and commentary that there's people inside the locker room that have a have a problem with Jalen Hurts' leadership. Jesus, criminy. When when did he lose the benefit of the doubt? I told you this. I think there's outside forces. I'd like to see him be more assertive. I don't want him to have to justify and quantify what he said after the game. I, I, I don't want that. Now, and again, and I and I agree with Tone. Okay? I agree with Tone. I, I don't really think. It, I think it was more of a team leadership thing. See how easy it is for a guy like Hertz to fall out of favor with one comment? No, you mean it's easy to see for a black quarterback like Hertz to have one comment and fall out of favor. Isn't that what you mean, Tone? Come on now. Come on now, Tone. Big Seals, <laughs> you know I love you. Oh, by the way, Tone, you see how easy it is for Big Seals to trip over himself sometimes and say something stupid on the uh, lanes I go in sometimes? Do you see it now? I hope you do. Okay. I hope I hope you I hope you see it now. <laughs> okay. Hurt says one thing, and now he's angry. Court, he's angry. Let's let's leave it so everyone will be not so upset. He's angry quarterback now, and he has to justify what he said. And now all of a sudden, there's a new narrative that Jalen has no leadership. Hmm. This thing is unraveled. It's completely unraveled. And the Godfather said it would. Holy shit, man. From what I understand, there's a I saw a couple posts that the Philly Godfather had helped somebody buy um a new beach house in Hyannisport. I heard that he helped a guy buy a place down in Isle Morada, down in the Keys. There was a big yacht I saw outside of San Diego, and it said this, courtesy of the Philly Godfather and the bets that I got. Holy cow, is this guy killing it? Absolutely killing it. And he is our friend. And he is the legendary Philly Godfather, and he joins us now here on the National Football Show. Hey, man, what's up? Happy holidays, Dan. I got a special guest with me today. I think you know him. His name is Mick Sirianni. <laughs> Look at him. I like the hat, too. It's perfect no for birds. him. Yes. Look at him. He's got the bird's hat on, too. Yo, Dan. Holy cow, man. These coaches are amazing, ain't they? What? Oh, the? my. Hey, what's your take of this whole mess? <laughs> it's a mess. Um, Obviously, 
I've been talking about them all season, that big hole. We talked about it before the season started. And, you know, they were winning, and they were trying to cover up, you know, uh, a, a wound that needed 100 stitches with a Band-Aid. And eventually, you know, the blood was, you know, they were going <laughs> to bleed out. They're still a good team. Uh, offensively, offensive coordinator, I don't know what he's doing. Jalen Hurts is banged up. I mean, people don't know this, but probably, in you know, in the offseason, he's going to have to have some surgery. Uh, he's not 100%. And uh, it, it's a mess. There's so many different factors of why this team is losing. And there's a lot of them. It's not like something you can correct going into the playoffs. And all of a sudden, nobody's scared of them. All of a sudden, I think the Buccaneers can beat them in the playoffs. I think the Vikings can beat them in the playoffs. The Lions can beat them in the playoffs. The Cowboys might light them up again. San Fran, they're not even going to be in that game if they meet up in the playoffs. Eagles are in trouble this year in the playoffs. You know, it's real funny. I'm going to play a small game with you before we go on to the teams here and the games this weekend and on Christmas Day. I'm going to – do you think that Nick Sirianni is the head football coach of the Eagles in three years? No, no, I don't. I, I think the trajectory of what's going on here with no one taking accountability, everyone acting like it's somebody else's fault or it's nobody's fault or nothing's really going on. There's nothing wrong with this team. I think that's a major issue and that's a predictive indicator of uh, what's going to happen in the future. Do you think that the Philadelphia Eagles will extend Jalen Hurts after his three years are up? It's a tough call. Uh, he's underperformed this year, but they kind of – they're trying to make – And remember something. They did a nice job on the cap hits. They won't be that devastating if they move off the guy. Yeah. They're trying to make him into a quarterback that he's not. Right. You know, he's more uh, better, you know – Improv and provocational on on the football field, making things happen, using his legs more. He's not the guy to keep throwing 20, 25 yard passes down the field. They're low percentage passes, and he's not he's not that guy. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I just don't see it happening. I, is he going to be around in three years? I mean, anything can happen, but more than likely, he's probably going to get even more banged up. You know, in this type of offense. So. All right, let's go to the games. Hey, by the way, last night, are you sh- – hey, are you high on the Rams, on what they're doing now? What are the hottest teams in the NFL? I mean, look, I don't think they – I said this earlier. Godfather, I said I don't think they could win against the 49ers and Cowboys in consecutive weeks, but I think they could beat one of those teams Well, they almost in beat one the week. They almost beat the Ravens, and the Ravens have the tie for the best record in the NFL. McVay, I mean, he's, you know, he's one of the sharpest minds in football. It's him and Shanahan, young guys out there doing big things. And this team's playing some really good football as of late. And uh, they're starting to get healthier. And down the stretch, I mean, if they meet up with the Birds in the playoffs, I think the Birds are in trouble. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's go to the games here. Um Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, it totally looks like this is a playoff game here. The playoffs start for both these teams on Saturday. This is uh, Christmas Eve, Eve. Um, This game's big, man. I mean, Jake Browning looks pretty good. They could start, if I'm not mistaken, in this game. Mason Rudolph, I think, is going to be the starter here for Mike Tomlin. How do you see that game? I mean, there's got to be some rust on him. I think the last time he played was like week 10 of 2021. Yeah. 
So, and I know Jamar Chase is out, and over the last three games, he's been around 40% of the passing production for Browning. So that's going to hurt a little bit. But they still have so many weapons on that offense. They got Mixon coming out the backfield that can catch the ball. I mean, I still – I kind of like the Bengals here. Line opened up two. It's reached up to three. Anything under field goal, I think the Bengals make it happen. I got my puppy. Let me grab my puppy real quick. I love your puppy, man. Your <laughs> puppy could stay. This is a fa- – hey, I was telling Tone prior to the program. Sorry Let me tell you something, man. This is a puppy and an animal-friendly show. May I may not be a Bozo Siriani-friendly show, but it's definitely an animal show. So we're good with that there. No problem. I apologize, Dad. I apologize. Just, we got four dogs in us. I got two German Shepherds and two Shih Tzus. And uh, I'm down here by myself. So everyone's at the Christmas party, so. Yeah, Fantastic. I love it, man. You're taking care of your puppies. We're good. Buffalo at the most underachieving team next to the Saints, the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, is this a blowout here for the Bills? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see how the Chargers stay in this game. The Bills are getting hot and heavy. Uh, they're looking for style points down the stretch. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, you could have gotten at 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. You could have got them at 10 to 1 to win the AFC Conference. And they might just be the best team in the AFC right now. So I think they blow that team. At line's 13, I don't think it's enough. Hey, I just want you to know that barking doesn't bug me. That barking gives us an aviance for what we're doing here. So we're good. No, hey, man, don't get angry at the puppy here. No, no, no. I'm back, man. I'm sorry. Hey, you know what? I get angry at people like turds like LJ in here. I don't get mad at doggies, okay? Come here. What's the dog's name? Bella, little Bella. I got Bella and Gigi. I'm stuck with the puppies today. Come here, Bella. good. So, yeah, here here we go here. This one here. Now we get to the Sunday games. Colts at Atlanta. Um, The Colts are still in the playoff race here. This is a Fox game. It's on Sunday. Who do you like in this one? I like the Colts, man. They're the healthier team here. Uh, Bella, come here, baby. uh, The coach of the Colts has done an amazing job. Uh, The Lions – Basically a coin flip. I like the Colts here. I, th- I think they win the game. You can probably grab three on them come game time. Oh, come here, baby. Come here. Stay right there. Yeah, you can probably grab three on them come game time. I think I think the Colts win the game outright. I don't even think they need the points. I'm giving you a lot of kudos for balancing what you're doing here. Hey, by the way, I want to show you something. Nick Sirianni loses Shane Steichen, and he falls to shit. Zach Taylor loses uh, 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 Joe Burrow. And they're still a playoff team. Kevin Stefanski loses quarterbacks. They're still a playoff team. Shane Steichen leaves the Eagles, and that guy turns to shit. It's crazy. He might be coach of the year this year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely here. How about this one? Does Seattle keep it going here? It looks like Geno's going to start against Tennessee, which is uh fold of their tent. Yeah, I mean, the, the line's up to three and a half. It was one and a half. It passed through that key number three. And in the sports betting market, the three is so key here. Uh, I think Seattle's the right side. If you can get them, if you if you want to buy the hook and take them minus three, Tennessee's all banged up. If you look at their injury report, it's a mile long this week. So I think Seattle keeps it going. I mean, they're they're fighting for their playoff lives. You saw what they did against the Birds in the second half of that game. And uh, if you can get them at minus three, I think they cover the spread. There's a playoff game here, potentially down the road too. Detroit at Minnesota. Um, who would have hey, – by the way, Godfather, think of this. Who would have ever thought this, that three teams from the NFC North would make the playoffs and one of them wouldn't be Green Bay? I mean, right? Detroit, Minnesota, 
Um, right. And Detroit, Minnesota, and who else? You got uh, Detroit, well, the Bears ain't going to make it, but Detroit. I mean, we all knew Detroit was going to be strong at the beginning of the season. We took plus fifty on them to win the North uh, NFC North. Two teams. Yeah, they, I mean that team is just they're just too top heavy for that division. Uh, this week they're playing Minnesota in Minnesota. They're laying three. I would usually take the home dog here, but Minnesota's really banged up. I like Detroit here if you want to bet them in the first half on the money line. First half minus two and a half. Bet them full game minus three. Minnesota's really, really banged up. And Detroit's, you know, they want to look good down the stretch. I like Detroit here at uh, minus three. I think they, they went and cover the game. Do you Is Detroit better than Philly? <laughs> it, it, it looks that way right now. I mean, Philly's got some, their pass defense, like I said before, if it wasn't for that defensive line, their metrics would be the worst in the NFL. <laughs> so I, I – it's hard to really pinpoint, like, are the Eagles the fourth-best team in the NFC, the fifth-best team? To be honest, I mean, yeah, right now I think Detroit's better. I think Detroit's better. The Washington Commanders versus the Jody McDonald Jets. <laughs> I didn't bet the game. Hey, hey. Is, this, is this a game you just go, no, not working? You just don't know how to bet it. Guys are banged up on both teams. And both teams have quit. They both quit. They're both spent. The Jets are favored by three. They're, I mean, I'm not betting the game. I'm not looking to bet that game. Packers, Carolina the same way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's just too much uncertainty. You don't know. You know, these guys are pros. They don't want to get hurt at the end of the season. You don't know who's giving it 100%, who's half-assing it out there. It's not, you know, when you're looking to bet a game, you, you need something that you can quantify and say, okay, I see something. I got an edge. I want to bet it. And that's when you start firing. And games like these, it's just so difficult. And I'm going to give you a little insight about the Car- – hey, you might want to bet the Carolina game now because something that you told me last week – What's the point spread on that? Uh, the Panthers, they're getting four. Okay. This is why you go Green Bay, and I'll tell you why. You ready? There's eight guys that are on that team. I don't know if it's this week, next week, that are coming up to their 75% playing percentage bonuses. <laughs> And David Tepper may actively sit these guys as a healthy scratch because yeah. he doesn't want to pay a team or guys that are on a one-win team. Well, so, if that happens, all I heard, well, I just you know, little guys on the you know, just something right. that David Tepper is thinking about sitting guys as. Now I don't know if it's this week though. Well, all I know is is that there's a chance they could sit some guys. I'll give you a heads up. If it if that is about to happen, you're going to see the market move real quick. So that's going to go. So if you want to bet it, you bet it now. And if it doesn't happen, you can always buy off the game and take the other side and just pay the juice. But if it does happen, that line at minus four could reach as high as minus seven. So you'll be sitting there with some great value. Keep an eye on that thing moving around because Tepper is going to sit guys. Any team that's completely out of it and are trying to get draft positioning right now, because you know what you have at the end of the year, this is why they sit guys because guys, do you remember the year that Howie Roseman sabotaged the Eagles at the end where he sat all them guys right, and he right. put Nate Sudfeld in? Do you remember that? Uh, well, how he sat guys, there were guys that lost incentives in that game and they didn't want to pay anybody off a of four eleven and one team. 
Yeah, I forget what year it was, but you can make a lot of money. If you get that information before the market does, start betting it everywhere because that line's going to move, like I said. That's that's huge. Information information that the bookmakers don't have is that's how you make money in this market. 2020 that year was. All right, let's go to this one. Cleveland at Houston. There's going to be no C.J. Stroud. Cleveland's still in the mix here. And Joe – hey, the, the legendary Joe Flacco is still – we have a Joe Flacco sighting. He's uh, – I mean, he he's looked okay, right? The, originally, this line opened up. The Texans were two-and-a-half-point favorites. Now it's flip-flop. The Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I kind of like the over here. If you look at the Browns' defense, they don't travel well. They've given up an average of 30 points per game on the road this season. Uh, if you look at the combined uh, points scored on the road this year in Browns games and six Browns games, it's been like 54 points. So if you want to go over 40, I think you catch a ticket. I kind of like – if it gets to three, three and a half, I'll probably be looking to take the Texans here. You want to hear something here too? Joe Flacco had a better career than Donovan McNabb. Wow. Oh, he won a Super Bowl. <laughs> that, one, that one year in the playoffs, he didn't throw one interception, and that Ravens team did it all. I mean – Take a look at his playoff record, too. Yeah, turnovers are so key, man. And and if Flacco doesn't turn the ball over and he's a game manager and that defense gets a little healthier in the playoffs, if you look at their schedule, it's kind of weak. They, this team could end up 12-5 and five on the season. Uh, going into the playoffs, this team, it's a dangerous team with that type of defense. Yeah, Joe Flacco, I never thought about it, <laughs> had a better career than Donovan McNabb. Postseason-wise, yeah. postseason-wise, numbers-wise, too. Well, who made more money? Was it Joe. McNabb or Flacco? Was it Flacco? Joe Flacco made wow. more money. Well, then you got to give it to him. <laughs> Joe Flacco was the highest paid quarterback in the league at one time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that's why they had – don't you remember? They gave Flacco that money. They had to get rid of Anquan Bolden. Oh, yeah. That's then when they started downhill. dumping all them guys. And yeah, they went downhill until they got rid of them. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. But, I mean, you got a backup quarterback in Keenum here. Uh I like the over, but if you can get plus three and a half on the Texans, I think that's the right side as well. Jacksonville at Tampa. This is the battle of I-4, and the Bucks are leading their division, and the Jags are leading their division. However, three straight losses for Dougie P. You know, he's hanging on to dear life now to win that AFC South. Do they right the ship against the Bucks? i tell you what, Todd Bowles has done a nice job coaching this Bucks team. Yeah, the problem is their defense ain't that great. They're 25th in opponent yards for play, 29th in opponent yards for pass attempt. I'm not sure. I don't think Lawrence is going to play. But even if he doesn't play, I think CJ can move the ball on this team. This is a huge game for Jacksonville. The game was a pick. I think it's still basically, you know, he just got picked the winner. Uh, no, it's actually moved to Tampa Bay minus two as of right now. Oh, so wow. I guess Lawrence, Lawrence ain't playing. But even if he doesn't play, I, I like Jacksonville. If it gets to three, I'll take Jacksonville plus three all day. Arizona, Chicago is just one of them games. I don't know, you know. <laughs> I didn't bet it, but there's some real sharp money on Arizona. There's going to be some weather in that game. There's going to be some rain, uh, some rain, uh, 15, 20 mile an hour winds, wind gusts up to 30, 35 miles an hour. It's going to be an ugly game, but there's some sharp money on Arizona. Okay, this is a this is an interesting one. Dallas at Miami. What do you see in this one here? I mean, you know, this will tell us a lot about both teams, I think. Well, Miami's really banged up, and the Cowboys are missing – you know, their offensive line uh, is a little banged up as well. 
But Tua, when, when you pressure Tua, he's not the same quarterback. You see his numbers fall off. When he's pressured, he's like the 23rd worst quarterback in the league. And when you can't get pressure on him, he's like top two or top three. If you look at the teams Miami lost to this year, I mean, they lost to the Chiefs, who ranked number one in pressure rate. They lost to the Bills, who ranked sixth. The Titans, who ranked ninth. And they, they lost to the Eagles. And their defensive lineman at the time was playing some pretty good football. Cowboys ranked top five in sack percentage, pressure rate. Uh, top five in turnover margin, uh, top five defending the pass. I think it's a bad matchup for Miami here. Game's basically a pick 'em. I like Dallas. I think they, you know, they they after getting embarrassed like that, like they did against Buffalo. I think they got something to prove that they can actually win on the road. I, I like Dallas here. I think they win the game. I do too. Hey, is um are is Dallas better than Philly? Yeah, of course they're better than Philly. It's not even close. Is 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 Prescott? a better quarterback than Jalen? I don't know. He's a different type of quarterback. He's a better passing quarterback. He's got a better – he can make the throws that Jalen can't. But Jalen brings other things to the table that Dak doesn't. And uh, Jalen isn't 100%. He's not 100%. So to make that comparison this year, you know, it's not fair to Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts. He's my type of guy. You know, if I want uh, a real football player, you pick Jalen Hurts there at the quarterback position. On fourth down, I mean, who's better than Jalen Hurts on fourth down? Fourth and inches, fourth and one. Uh, with that tush push, uh, it's just it, 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 it it's going to be ugly in the playoffs for this Eagles team. I I agree completely. Plus, he's got shitty coaching around him. Well, we got Mick Sirianni. I know Mick Sirianni. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, hey Mickey Sirianni, and then you got the little guy too pulling the strings. The no, uh, wait, what do, what did we call him? Napoleon. We, got, we called him Napoleon Roseman. You know what? He's done a great job, right? He brought us a Super Bowl. We never had a Super Bowl. No, no, no. No, no, you're wrong. Doug brought us a Super Bowl. Right. He won us the Super Bowl. for the ride. Yeah. But he he helped out. And he he built a good team last year. They exceeded all expectations the last two seasons. This year, you know, the magic is starting to fall apart. They didn't want to invest in in a defensive backfield in, in corners. They let CJ go, no safeties, no linebackers, and that's going to bite you. They let TJ – we talked about it before the season started. He was like 60% of the tackle production last season. How do you let a guy like that go for peanuts? Spend a couple bucks, keep him around. It wasn't a lot of money. Because the owner told him to. That's why. <laughs> New England at Denver. Now, you know, I I, I, I think Bill's going to have him ready to play. Um, Denver's kind of like holding on with a respirator here, aren't they? For the playoffs, yeah. Line originally opened up five and a half, it's up to seven, so now it's that wow, number is seven. So it's a lot of points in the NFL. I think Bill's gonna have those guys ready. I just don't know if they can hang around. I mean, what's the incentive to go out there and play all four quarters, you know, play your hearts out? Anything under a touchdown, I like Denver here. Now the big game's on Monday. By the way, we haven't asked you yet for the uh, for the Philly game. Uh, Mr. Forget About It, Blaine. <laughs> Tommy Cutlets, baby. <laughs> we'll get that game first. Let's do the Raiders versus Kansas City. Um, boy, I'll tell you something here. Kansas City just not as look, but it's at Arrowhead. You know, does Kansas City start to get themselves ready to rock and roll for the playoffs here? Is this the game they do it? Or, again, are we going to see a little bit of the stumbling that we've seen all year long? I mean, they're going to have to. Uh, they've won, what, six in a row against this Raiders team? So, I just – it's a, it's a lot of points here. 
I mean, you're talking about double digits, 10 points. It opened up 11. It's down to 10. The total's small. Total's at 41. They're expecting a lot of rain. They're expecting a lot of wind. So in bad weather games, the, the dogs always lie. I mean, I tell people all the time, if you got a game with some real shitty weather, take the underdog every time because anything can happen, turnovers. It's going to be hard to throw the ball. Mahomes has been great, but his receivers on sunny days are chop, dropping passes. Now on a rainy, windy day, what are they going to do? They're going to look even worse. I like the Raiders here, plus 10. Now we get to John Gotti DeVito versus <laughs> Jalen Hurts. It's at Lincoln Financial. The Gigantes here going into this football game, too. The Giants are 24th in defense. They're 28th versus the run. They're 19th versus the pass. And yet, why do I feel this game? And by the way, it's 13 and a half. As of this morning, I don't know if that number's moved, but how do you like how do you see this thing? I think, well, it originally opened up 11. Now it's 13 and a half. This game, you could see this game go to 17 by kickoff. 17? Uh, yeah, you could. They're that be would be one of the highest spreads all time. The, the Eagles have to come out here and have to kick some, you know what? I mean, they got to they shut down all the talk and fill you from the media. They got to shut down the national talk. Uh, this is the team to do it against. I mean, they're one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And uh, if the Eagles are as good as they used to think they are, they're going to have to come out here and cover the spread. I kind of like the Eagles in the first half here. I think they come out fast. You can lay seven in the first half. That's probably the right bet here. Uh, but full game, the back door is always wide open when you get to like 13 and a half, 14, especially in a division game. But I think the Eagles, more than likely, they're probably going to come out here and cover the spread. Jalen Hurts over under. 225 passing yards. He's a little banged up. I would go over. That, that Giants defense is horrible, man. They're horrible. Over under 120 yards rushing. I would Eagles. say the Eagles team? Yeah. I would go over. Oh, so you think this is a blowout? I, I think they got something to prove. And when a team like this, you know, they lost three in a row. The Giants are the perfect medicine for them to get back on track a little bit. I, I, more than likely, they're probably going to kill this team. Do you think both teams, both receivers, go over 100 yards, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown? Well, is Smith playing? I know he's banged up, right? Is, 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 is that some? I, I hadn't heard that. He's not playing? Oh, no, he might be playing, but I know he didn't practice a couple of days this week. I know he's a little banged up. I would go under in Devontae Smith uh, receiving yards. You're not concerned that Landon Dickerson's not playing at all, especially for the run game? Giants are just so bad. I mean, terrible. they're just so bad. I'm not worried about that. The game of the night and maybe the weekend, the number one team in the – I don't know. I can't – if I remember this, we're going into week 16. Both teams are the number one seeds um, and and both conferences – and they're both 11 and 3. They're 22 and 6 going into this matchup. And it's in Santa Clara. And the 49ers have looked like world beaters right now. I don't know what the spread is, but what are we looking at here with this thing? It opened up uh, San Fran minus six. It's down to five. five minus six. Yeah, depending on where you shop. Um, you, I mean, there's three guys playing in this game that could be the MVP of the National Football yep. League. So this is probably going to be the best game to watch all week. Uh, both teams have it, it's tough to handicap. Both teams are 11 and three. 
Both teams have given up the least amount of points in the NFL. Both teams rank top 10 in turnover margin. And they're they're both the hottest teams in the NFL. I think San Fran won six in a row. I think the Ravens won four in a row. But I think it's a lot of points, five and a half here against Lamar Jackson. I mean, as an underdog during regular season, I think Lamar is like 11-2 and two against the spread. So anytime he's an underdog, he gets you the money in a regular season. And he's so elusive, he's going to cause some problems on that uh, San Fran defensive line. I mean, he deflates a lot of defensive lines. You saw what he did against the Jags. He would run around and have seven, eight seconds to throw the ball. And the Jags ain't chopped liver, you know, with Dougie P. Uh, if you look at the teams, the Ravens lost this season. They lost to the Steelers, the Browns, the Colts, and all three teams ranked in the top ten in sack percentage. And as great as the San Fran defense is, they rank 14th in the NFL in sack percentage. So if they can't get to him, they're going to have some issues. I think it's too many points. I, I kind of like Lamar here plus five and a half. Um, Purdy's looked good all season, but when he played uh, three teams that ranked in the top ten, and opponent yards for pass attempt and opponent yards for play, they lost two of the three games. Now, I know they were a little banged up in those games. They lost to, what, Minnesota. Uh, they lost to the Browns, and uh, uh, they beat the Cowboys. But he hasn't looked great against some pretty good defenses. Uh, against the weaker defenses, parties looked unreal. So Baltimore ranks number one in almost every defensive metric. Their defense is for real. I like Baltimore plus five and a half. I think they can win the game outright. How about the MVP race right now? Who do you have the top three? Well, the top three are Purdy, number one, Lamar's number two, and Dak dropped down to number three. But how do you give it to Purdy when you got McCaffrey on that team? <clears throat> Yo, do you think those two could cancel each other out and Dak slips in there and wins the MVP if he wins out? I mean, Lamar, <laughs> Lamar's second right now. Okay. And if Baltimore goes up there and San and Fran's really banged, yeah, San Fran's really banged up in this game. They got a lot of guys there. I talked to uh, pro football doc. He told me San Francisco's pretty banged up here. So you can actually take, if you don't like the Baltimore Ravens uh, on the money line, you can always take plus 500 on Lamar Jackson to win the MVP, which might be a better bet because if he goes up there and they beat San Fran, Lamar Jackson will be the odds-on favorite to win the MVP this season. Two bowl games this weekend. I don't know if you're working on these. I won't do the Gasparilla Bowl with Tech and UCF today, Georgia Tech. Saturday games. Um, Troy and Duke, it's the Birmingham Bowl. It's not a bad bowl game here. Do you do you, do you look at games like that, or do you not, or is that a game that you pass on? We usually bet a lot of these bowl games, but there's so many things that have been going on with these guys not playing. Yep. You don't know who's playing. Uh, it's just tough. I've been waiting closer to game time before I make a wager here. This guy, this line originally opened up. Troy was five and a half. It's up to seven now. Uh, there's got to be something going on that, you know, the public doesn't know about for that line to be moving that way. 80% of all tickets right now are on Troy. I talked to guys offshore and in Vegas. So everyone seems like. Can I tell you why? More guys at Duke are going to opt out than the guys on Troy. And that's why the money's going over there yeah. on their side that they're going to have more veteran guys. So that's why the numbers slipping over to their side, because again, they don't, you know, you know, it's it's like the fun, it's like the NCAA tournament. Early on in the NCAA tournament, most of those smaller schools have four-year veterans and four-year seniors that are on the team, and most of those other schools have guys that are one and dones. And so that's why you get upsets. Right. Is because you have veteran. I think that's why Troy's number has gone up. Yeah, but I mean. Even the backups for for Duke, they might be better than Troy, but at seven, that's, that's right. a lot of points. That's a lot of points, man. That's How about lot. Utah Northwestern in the Vegas Bowl? 
There's some sharp money on Northwestern. I didn't bet it, but I know there's some real sharp money on them. Uh, the game opened up eight and a half. Now it's down to six, five and a half at some shops. It's probably going to keep dropping. There's some serious sharp money on Northwestern, not just plus the points, but also the win outlet. I got to give you a lot of love, man. You were distracted. You're running a kennel. You're making money. You're buying condos for people up in uh, Hyannis Point. We're hanging out with Mick Sirianni. Hanging out with Mick Sirianni, man. I mean, you you got it all going on. You're multi, you're a multitasker, my friend. I apologize for the puppies, man. Everyone everyone's at Christmas parties, but I I didn't go. I said I'm doing the Dan Cilio show today. Forget about the Christmas parties. I'll come in late. I can't miss Dan's show. Thank you so much, man. I can't wait to talk to you next week. By the way, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Tell the good folks how they can find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Philly Godfather, or you can stop by the phillygodfather.com and go birds. Gotcha. Thank you, Philly Godfather. I appreciate it. That is our friend. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
winning this game on Monday 31-20 and I have no idea why I'm giving the Giants 20 points I have no idea why I'm giving them 20 I'm giving the well maybe I do I'm giving the Giants 20 points because of the incompetent coaching okay so I'm doing that probably. That's probably where I'm going. It's probably the only reason I'm putting 20 up there like that. Eagles win. Tone, 27-20. Wow. Tone is going to be an angry guy on Tuesday if that score holds up. <laughs> That's not what he's looking for. I'm with him, man. I think it's a 31-7 type of game. They should actually kill that team 31-3. It should be that kind of – the Giants are awful. And if that game is anything like that, man, I'll tell you, I don't know. 27-20? Mm. That you're you're floating on the area where I'm going. I don't know, man. Anyway, I really appreciate everybody. Merry Christmas to you, my friend LJ. All you great guys out there, I really appreciate it. And Giles, thank you so much for all you've done. I want to wish everybody a God blessed Merry Christmas. Have a great Christmas Eve. Tone, you are absolutely awesome. Thank you so much. God bless you and your family. And Merry Christmas to you and your family. To all you, Godspeed to everyone. We will see you on Tuesday. I believe the Eagles win this thing and right the ship and they get it right. We'll see you Tuesday going 2 to 6. By the way, Xander, Big Joe, thank you. 2 to 6, Tuesday, Eastern Time. And we shall see you on the flip side. Chicken wings by Hooters thinks Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours too with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings by Hooters thinks Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored.